Today is Wednesday, December 13, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Oh man, there is zero chill in this room today. Zero chill. <laughs> so from beginning to like, well, okay, to like the halfway point, oh man, it is like Christian comedic hour. It is, it is great. Um, everyone's in a good mood. Um, <laughs> oh man, I, I can't say enough about the amount of fun that was had today. Um, we start off recounting my tale of an angry atheist woman I woke up to in my Facebook feed going nutso. Um, let's see. Uh, then we get on uh, the difference in Christianity and Islam. That is quite spicy. Um, then we talk about prophetic warnings from Catherine Crick and her apparently, so-called by her, her spiritual daddy, uh, Gior Davy. And we talk about some of his uh, issues. I'm like, well, we don't really know this guy. Let's see. Are there any controversies? Oh, great. He's accused of being an African warlock involved in dark magic. I'm like, okay. So, you know, his spiritual daughter uh, gives us prophetic warning to, I guess, the entire body of Christ. So we talk about that a while. Then, uh, oh, man, we get in, like, boring church father stuff. So I just zonk out. Um, If that's your thing, you'll love it because it sounds very interesting um, for people who like that. But I can only go so far until I'm like, it's lunchtime, bros. Anyway, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt. Support this podcast where we actually do share the gospel with people on the internet. um, And talk about deep Christian stuff when there are none of those people to share it to. So, uh, have an awesome day. Share these links. We'll see you later. Well, it was a valiant effort. All right. So, you know, the stupid atheist white woman. (laughs) So, so anyways, it was this, it was this like thing that sparked in a non-religious room. It sparked this discussion about religion. So this edgy atheist, um, you know, was like, I deal in facts. Religions for people that uh, you know don't have to call out to their invisible sky daddy zombie Jesus. I'm like, wow, you started with religion, and clearly you're only focusing on Christianity. Like, you know, where do you think God has hurt you today? So. <clears throat> I just started, I just made like, I always start by making the most innocent comments. Like, I try. (laughs) I make an effort. So I said something to the effect of, look, just because you call certain things facts doesn't make it so. Um, You know, it was like a very, it it was like the lowest possible form of challenge I could give this person. Meaning that she doesn't have a monopoly on facts, right? Just because she's like, oh, well, there is no God. Okay, that's your belief or lack of a belief, or whatever, but that's not a fact. You can't prove it. Um, Anyway, but I was, like, so pleasant about it. Just a little point when I was flying by in the comments. She just, like, starts uh, jumping down my throat. She's like, oh, you can't sleep at night. You're scared of hell. Blah, 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 blah. Just, like, she just keeps going on and on about this diatribe. So I'm just like, look, man, it's it's too early for this. I'm like, just repent and believe the gospel. Have a nice day. Um, she kept going. She's just like, don't mansplain to me and your microaggressions and your blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh. I'm like, it's too early for your heresy, burn witch. <laughs> I post the little, you know, the uh, loving loving little woman being burned at the stake for being a witch. You know, funny-like. And <laughs> anyway, so I guess she thinks I'm like a just religious zealot, which, I mean, you know, I guess I am, but she doesn't know that. Um so, so she's like, wow, you're need to be in a mental institution, blah, blah, blah. You want to burn people? And, you know, I actually don't want to burn people. Don't burn people. 
Um, but I'm like, you know what? I, I'm just trolling this person. So I, I go back and forth a little bit. I'm like, and she's just like increasingly unhinged. She's like freaking out. I'm like, okay, look, you're too delusional. You just demonstrated, and we're supposed to believe your facts. I'm like, look, I'm sorry you blame your dad for not loving you. And chances are he's a pretty stand-up guy and probably okay. You just were a spoiled, self-entitled brat. I'm like, I'm sorry you can't make money on OnlyFans. You're like the only person who can't make a wage selling themselves online. Um, I'm like, look, don't, don't let that get you down. Look hard enough. Open your eyes. Put away your hatred. I'm sure you'll find someone who loves you out there. I'm like, we believe in you. Seek help. Prayers for you. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. That's how I troll. Would you get that troll about a C minus, maybe? I, no, I thought it was great. I loved the Burn Witch, especially with the animated GIF. Like, the animated GIF is what made it. If you just said Burn Witch, it'd be like one thing. But when you throw in the animated GIF of, like, burning the witch at the stake, that was pretty good. Wow. Apparently Clubhouse didn't love that. It just kicked me out. <laughs> what were you saying about Burn? I heard Burn. Are you there? Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was just reading the chat. Our Muslim friend is in there saying that Christians are the ones who bash babies against rocks. Like, no. You're the ones who just marry and rape them. Yeah. Or or the fact that you just went into Israel and just, like, put babies in ovens, literally. You know, this is your religion of peace. You know, oh, my gosh. Thanks. Matchmake. Okay, I got, I've got a match for you. And, and I don't even know, need to know how many wives you have because it doesn't matter. Have another one. So I can hook you up with a woman who is just freaking out on me. She's an atheist. So, you know, you'll have to, like, beat her into submission and, like, you know, kidnap her and rape her and, you know, whatever, you're, whatever you do, whatever your religion allows. But that could be a match made in, well, hell, but for you guys. So she was saying just as much crazy, nonsensical stuff as you are. Christians are the ones who bash babies against rocks. No, if you actually read the Bible, which, you know, you'll be honor killed if you do because apparently it's forbidden. But if you were to, you know, sneak away a Bible and read the actual book, you will see that other godless tribes, perhaps your ancestors, were the ones who actually bashed babies' heads of the Israelites against rocks. And that was a good thing, so you would celebrate that. Um, but then in Psalms, where it talks about, you know, wanting vengeance and wanting that to be done to them, no one did that. They were lamenting that it happened to them and wanting retribution, which, you know, they never ended up getting that in the way of bashing babies' head against rocks. So you're just as wrong and misinformed as that atheist chick on Facebook um, with the crazy crap she said. So, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to be the one to marry you guys in some sort of unholy union. But that's your match, bro. I mean, give me like a finder's fee and I can, I can hook you guys up. What do you think about that, Chris? AAC matchmaker? Yeah, I think we could do a whole app. It'd be like hooking Muslims, like radical Muslims, up with atheists. Um, right, because they'll cave, right? Because atheists, you know, it's all about self-preservation. Yeah. And, you know, so the big, oh, you're so dumb. Look at your camel jockey religion. And then you, like, smack them around a few times. Which, by the way, the official position of asking Christians, don't beat people, don't force them into sex, slavery, submission. Um, but, you know, other people of other religions may do that. But the ask a Christian position is do not do that. That's bad. That's sinful and wrong. Um, but for those who do, um, you know, you have clientele. You have a solid client base. Yeah. I'm perplexed why you're promoting homosexuality. You're so progressive. Um, oh. Okay, Chris, without knowing where this is going, is he trying to say that because we're Christians – and there's LGBTQ churches out there 
which we condemn on like a multi-daily basis? Um, is he saying because some Christian churches do that, um, say they're Christian churches and they do that, he's lumping us all in? Or is he thinking I'm, I'm talking, when I say like atheist woman, does he think I mean dude? Or Yeah, she just was like, I'm a girl, so why would you want to hook me up with another girl? Oh, that's a girl? Yeah, apparently. I, I mean, I just thought zero, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just a <laughs> okay. A well, now I know. Muslim name, I suppose. Anyway, well, so, I mean, homosexuality is wrong in Christianity, but there, you could get a pass for that in, I assume, your religion, unless I'm misreligioning you. But you could do that, right? You could be, you could do gay stuff and just yeah. Get, I mean, get like Mo- a temporary pass. Muhammad did gay stuff all the time. Um, it literally says in in um, one of the hadiths that he was ridden like a camel. So I mean, you know, how does one ride a camel? I, I mean, I assume this is a euphemism for Mohammed, you know, sticking his bottom in the air. Well, we're all getting killed. So <laughs> we live in the United States. We're all well armed. Chris, Bring if, people sh- if people show up at my house, I'm sending them straight to yours next. <laughs> but dude, yeah, if they showed up to your please. house, they would be showing up to mine in a body bag. I'm not a funeral home <laughs> yeah chris i was really trying to understand what you had against goat herders yesterday or the day before you're really tough on goat herders just certain goat herders there are other goat herders who i'm sure are lovely people that don't you know rape and is pillage this, and murder is this a real person or is like zuraya or whatever are they like a bad ai bot like wow he calls a verse in the bible stupid and gaslights for asking a question <clears throat> about it uh, doesn't seem suspicious at all what who are they hearing is this like where they literally like or where they say they heard a voice in the head like a an audible literal voice where did i call a bible verse stupid i didn't no, even I call this i just said her argument is stupid and she took that oh she's as, talking about you okay yeah she took that as i call the bible verse stupid and it's like no the argument behind the muslim apologetic about jeremiah 8 8 where all the scribes are lying scribes and the Bible's not true, and see, the Bible's even corrupted way back in Jeremiah's time, don't you see? Like, that's their argument, and it's just a really stupid argument. It's been debunked, like, I don't know, 130 million times. Um, oh, James, <laughs> probably like a cow, probably like cow, the camel riding thing, probably like cowgirl yeah. style, just adjusted for camels. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess Brokeback Mountain wasn't just for dudes. Yeah, it was for Muhammad. Um, yeah, so that's, you know. I'm going to have to add a couple cameras because of you, Chris. I know. It's going to be great. Yeah, so, uh, you know. Anyway, um, to our Muslim friends, we do love you. You follow a satanic religion. Repent and believe the gospel. Did you guys see that guy, uh, Turkish um, person, catch a heart attack after he said something? You're super choppy and quiet. I said, uh, did you guys hear about the the Turkish guy, the Turkish prime minister that, that had a heart attack when he said some stuff? Yeah, he said that Israel would be destroyed by Allah and then immediately has a heart attack. It was hilarious. When did this happen? You're not talking about Erdogan, right? No, that wasn't who he was a PM. He wasn't a prime. He was a, you know, he was not a prime minister. PM just means like a, you know, like also like a, uh, 
to somebody who's elected. Was this recently? Parliament, parliament member, I believe, is what PM stands for. Yeah, what, happened was this yesterday. Does someone have a video clip? Uh, yeah, it's all over online. Just search for. Um, Where's the uh, right? What do you think about this? Heart attack. What do you think about this, right? I mean, that's a little interesting for a coincidence, right? It's right on the nose, right? Wait, can you say it? Can you try it right now? I don't know how you can, how you can take a picture in real time or something, but you know, talk some stuff about Israel real fast, and you know, let's see if anything happens to you. We'll pray for you if it does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see that uh, that other thing that I sent you this morning? Uh, the, the the prophetess the from Cat, prophet. Cat or whatever her name is, Catherine Crick. Yeah, Apostle Catherine Crick. She's apparently very, very, very popular. Yeah, I've seen some stuff from her uh, her before. There, I'm just gonna read it so everybody else can be on on the same page. Prophetic warning for the body of Christ. I, I imagine she sounds kind of like that. I'm sure we could find a video clip, but like. I just imagine she sounds like with my deep voice, like prophetic warning for the body of Christ, like something along those lines, right, Nate? Maybe that's the sound of the demons from within her. I don't know. Oh, could be. Since 2021, God has been speaking to his body, including the leaders in the body of Christ, to accept his new move, the end time revival. In this New move, God is restoring or reviving what has been lost by and large in the church. His anointing, the power of God, his apostles and prophets, deliverance, healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. In this revival, God is purifying his bride, transforming it to be how the Acts church was and going glory to glory from there. God has given the leaders and his body time to obey his voice and accept his new move. Time is running short. God's move will prevail and will go to no heights no matter what. If the baton is not passed, older generation leaders acknowledging and accepting his move and the new leaders he has raised up, he will take it by force. It is the time now to have the fear of God. This is a prophetic warning. This is something, not something to take lightly. Um, Holy <laughs> I'm taking hearing, that pretty lightly. <laughs> hearing you hearing you and your Pastor X voice as I'm watching, Lou sent me the uh, thing of the Turkish guy falling out after he says you will, Israel will feel the wrath of Allah. Dude, that's pretty ominous. You should merge those merge those clips together. Right? Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> I don't know. So does this qualify as news or memes? Whenever I post a thirty eight second clip of the Turkish guy that has a heart attack after saying Israel will suffer the wrath of Allah, is that meme worthy or is that like news? I think it's more meme worthy. I mean, because it's not like I don't think that God actually struck him down at that moment. I think it was just a coincidence. I mean, it could have been. I mean, maybe. But uh, you know, I wouldn't go that far. But I would just say, like, it's, it is ironic. Oh, that was the last part of the the atheist chick. <clears throat> After everything else, <laughs> she's like, um, 
there is no God, but if there was, you go to eternity in hell for all of your like mean comments you're making. I, I forget what she said. It was nastier than mean. But I'm like, dang, glad you're not God. Um, like, you know, you're so moral and whatever without religion. But apparently you think a couple snarky comments are deserving of eternal hellfire. Whew. They're all moral yeah. and loving until you cross them. Oh, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, I just let the, the Apostle Catherine Crick. Wait, CEO, before I start, like, ridiculing this lady, is she one of your clients? Because I know that you have some. No. No. Okay. Just make uh, it, uh, make uh, it uh, sure. Uh, 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 no, no, and no. <laughs> Lou, you just posted something called Night Fights, and you said I must watch it. What is knife fights or night fights? Night, like ye old medieval knight. Can you post that link in chat here? <laughs> so oh, was... and and uh, just for our, if we have any Muslims left, the Crusades were good and right and didn't go far enough. There you go. Hope that <clears> triggers. What would far enough be in your mind? Uh, if they had done what they wanted to do to us. <laughs> that would be that would be far enough. Hey, Dippity. <laughs> Do you enjoy the love and grace this morning? <laughs> We're starting out on the right foot. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Nate, CEO. Hey, everybody. As long as I don't look out my window and there's an angry mob staring in it, I'll be all right. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and if there is, then, you know, let's go. Uh -huh. Let's go. What I'm is in it? a mood. Chris, quote the verse. Fear not, you know, the, the fear not uh, man who can destroy the body, but fear God who can, you know, destroy the soul in hell. That's you know, that pretty member, much member it. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, uh, I would, that is. Jesus said that. Yeah. In what verse? It just seems like something you'd know by heart. Seems like there would be a lot of people wanting no. to destroy your body. I mean, I mean, I'm doing a pretty good job of that myself, but you know, I mean, yeah, uh, with like Taco got, Tuesday could, and like they got to get in line. Yeah, I mean, I love me some bacon. I don't know. <laughs> I know that would offend our other friend from the other day, our oh, vegan, yeah. our vegan atheist guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty gracious to talk to. Like that was a pretty civil yeah, conversation. He was great, man. Fa he got Faithful's goat though, man. He walked right up to Faithful's goat and kicked it. I was like, man, <laughs> like, what difference does it make? Like, were Adam and Eve vegans? Like, probably. I don't know, or not. Maybe not vegans, but like at least vegetarians. Because I'm pretty sure it says, like in in. Genesis, uh, what is it? Genesis eleven, right after the flood, that you know, they they then started eating meat. I don't know. I have to go back and look at that. Well, yeah. So it's like, well, you you then have to read into it that if it says then they started eating meat, that you'd have to read into that that before they started eating meat, they didn't. It's like, yes, that's that's exactly what we're doing. Yes, that is that is the right answer. Like it wouldn't say they started they started eating meat if they previously ate meat. It would be like they, you know, continued eating meat, which they were accustomed to or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess what they're trying to say is like they stopped eating meat for a while because there was only two by two animals. And if they had eaten any of the meat of the animals, then, you know, 
then there would be no more of that animal. Um, but that also doesn't take into account the fact that they had animals they were sacrificing and that they were told to bring eight of those, right? So there wasn't yeah. just two by two of all the animals. That's just storybook stuff. There was like eight of this kind and, you know, that But Chris, what did they feed the lions on the ark? Like salted meat? What? No, I've said this enough. Come on, bro. Oh, oh wait, what? What did they feed the lions on the ark? Unicorns? The floating bodies of dead centers. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The floating bodies of dead centers. Sure. Yeah. That sounds good. That's from Big Bang Theory. It could have been or unicorns. It's like, dang it. <laughs> we're out of, we're fresh out of unicorns. Maybe a unicorn was just like, you know, oh, evolution's true. Evolution's true. Unicorns quickly, rapidly adapted to their new flooded environment and became narwhals. Oh, we, something has just been done here today, Chris. Oh yeah, and remember Rapid we came evolution. up with the, yesterday. You came up with the nar walls. Remember <laughs> that was a Nate original, the nar walls. I was like, oh man, that's pretty good. <laughs> this apostle Catherine Crick is a nar wall as well. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure she's got horns when she's talking like that. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, what else we got? Can you imagine just being as either self-deceived or just being such a deceiver that you would post something like that on the Internet? Like, Catherine Crick. So, so let me get what you're saying here, is that all the stuff that she mentions – like, you know, the the healings and the uh, miracles and the this, that, and the other thing. Isn't all that the stuff that the NAR has been claiming that they've been doing for, like, 50 years in the, quote, latter reign? <clears throat> Valid point. Well, her, um, her prophecy is structured the same way, like, horoscope readings are, right? It's structured to make it feel like it's saying something heavy, but it really doesn't have any substance. Oh, you could be onto something. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like Beth Moore, you know, um, she was an aerobics instructor before she was a famous pastorix. So maybe Catherine Crick was like writing astrologies for newspapers and then newspapers kind of went out of vogue and she needed a new gig. So she became an apostle. Hmm. I'm not saying that's what's going on. But I'm not aliens. saying. Not saying it was aliens. It was the internet's been aliens. the internet's been too hard on that guy. Like we need to, the internet just needs to give that guy a hug. Like he's probably a really good guy. He's probably like, yeah, man. I was just like, you know, really stoned at my frat house one day. It was just like aliens. And then these guys are like, hey, you want a TV show? All you gotta do is talk about how aliens like shot moon lasers and built the pyramids with the dinosaurs. He's like, okay, man. Like he's probably a pretty good guy. Yeah, I mean, he's laughing all the way to the bank, dude. He's a millionaire. I mean, you know, he's, he can just sit around his house now and just get with his buddies around the table that 70s style and talk about aliens all day. Because he doesn't have to go to work anymore. He's already had his ancient aliens show. It's great. That guy, you know, I applaud that guy. I wish somebody would give me millions of dollars to sit around and talk to you all day. I, I wish I had like 100 bucks to do that a day. Oh, yeah, true. 
But like, does man. money come when you renounce like good theology? Like, yeah. If we started doing, <laughs> if we started doing prophecies for profit, could we get paid? Bro, I could be of, you know, really good at souls? it. I could be really good. I've I've literally had people tell me to use my powers for good, like, please don't ever turn evil because that would be bad for everybody. <laughs> Turn evil. <laughs> hey, other Chris. What's up, other Chris? Hey. Chris Claus. Man, I haven't seen you in a long Chris time. What's up? Yeah. We thought you got ate eat by Sarlacc. You and, Sarlacc. you and Al be, you know, like from Star Wars, like the Sarlacc pit. Oh, okay. You and Alby just disappeared off the planet. Yeah. What, where's that guy been? I don't know, man. He just he resurfaced for like a day, and I was like, "Hey, Ali, how's it going?" He's like, "Oh, I'm great," and then he disappeared again. So we went to TikTok with thirteen year old girls. Wait, what? Isn't that who's on TikTok, or is that like everyone but me? No, TikTok has matured. Oh, 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 really? Uh, what's I'm up, not Chris? Saying, I'm not saying. Hey, what's up, guys? Thirteen year old girls on there, but there, there's more businesses and stuff <laughs> on TikTok now. I just don't want to share a platform with 13-year-old girls. I just, I, I find that terrible. Like, I have to deal with my son's classmates, and that's plenty. And that's, like, maybe 20 minutes a month I have to deal with a bunch of middle school kids. That's plenty. No, I enjoyed over on TikTok. A lot of people think that it's a younger crowd over there. Um but on our streams, as soon as you hear a young voice come up, I just drop them. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you will have the odd person come up. The, but on, put your boot on the neck of the next generation. Yeah, like on TikTok, though, you can, uh, they're not supposed to be going live until they're 18. Uh, so anybody that's actually got their age on their account don't have the access to go live unless they uh, fib about it, of course. Um, but yeah, we, we've been over there. Like when you, when I, when we do lives over there, you can have like four or 500 people listening in, right? And so it's just like this kind of format, like people will pop up on a stage and drop on a stage and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, you can have, uh, I think, nine nine people up on the stage. Man, I can't mm. bring myself to it, though. Like, it's, it's, I don't want to be that close to yeah. I just, hey, so, hey, Chris, walk the, walk through me with this, right? So, get, I'm, yeah, you guys, so, you guys, I'm making a joke here, so, like, just, just help me out with the timing. So, you guys talk to lots of Muslims on TikTok, I would imagine, right? Yeah, we do. Watch the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> so, so it makes perfect sense that in order to talk to Muslims, you would go to the place where Muslims could find 12-year-old girls. And so <laughs> this is perfect sense that, you know, the Muslims would all flock to the app where there's a bunch of 12-year-old girls and or, – or boys – and that the apologists to the Muslims would have to follow the Muslims to wherever that is. And that makes it, it, it all has fallen into place for me, Chris. Uh, Chris, I, I think that you've received that from the Holy Spirit uh, because that is 1000% truthful. Verified. <laughs> Chris, you just use your prophetic powers for good. I know. I'm like Catherine Crick. I got the spirit of something upon me 
Like you wouldn't believe how many Muslims are over on TikTok. Like um, Avery or God Logic, he's a friend of ours. Y'all know him from Clubhouse here. If he goes live over on TikTok or even Albi, we have like at least 50 to 60 Muslims a day wanting to join the live to talk. And there's Do they ask like the same three questions. Uh, usually four. Oh, okay. Wait, let's see. Uh, we, we can do this. Hang on. Um, okay. So, uh, I'm going to say, uh, okay. The divinity of Jesus and the Trinity. Um, yes. okay. And I, I have some more guesses, but what about you, Chris? What, what, what's the other two? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, the other one is going to be, I don't understand this whole, how somebody else could pay for your sins. Is that one of them? Oh, th- say- that is a good one. On uh, salvation, how could another man pay for your sins? Because the Bible says that that can't happen. That's one and of the Rebecca arguments. That, that's a good one, Chris. Rebecca and Bathsheba were eight. That, that's my. Oh, talk yeah. about that. oh you yeah, actually think Muslims think that Rebecca was eight? We no, had an hour long three. conversation who, who thought like Rebecca or, or yeah, well, Rebecca, I think Bathsheba they say like three, was eight. Right? Rebecca right. was three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. They think Bathsheba was eight when she gave birth to Solomon. Yeah. Now, see, over in TikTok, they want to try to upset the Christians a little more. So they leave Bathsheba out of it and they use Rebecca and Mary, Rebecca being three, Mary being 12. Maybe you should just take the bait and be like, yeah, so that's fine. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, <laughs> you, you guys are cool with I, that I too, them. right? You guys are fine with that too, right? 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 I told them. I told him, I was like, well, why are you talking about Mary being 12? She's a grandmother in your religion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If people, if, people, if people actually listen to this, it would be immediately banned. Oh, yeah. Hey, Apostle, oh. I've, got the, I've got the reason why you should drop the Apostle from your name right now. You ready for this? It's going to be a good one. Dang it. He can't talk. Oh, why can't he talk? No, you gotta up, talk. Well, he can listen. He can listen. What's up, Chris? But so, so I got the reason why you should drop the apostle from your name right now. Okay, um, let's hear it. All right. Apostle Catherine Crick. You don't want to be anywhere associated oh, with her. Wow. There's going to be a meteor that's going to come down from space. <laughs> like Sodom and Gomorrah dropped by God on that lady. And you don't want to be any way associated with her. Who's Catherine Crick? Well, it sounds, I, uh, first I thought you said Catherine Coleman the first time. First I thought read you it, said Chris. Catherine Coleman. But read Catherine it. Crick? What's, who's that? I'm just going to let, I'm going to let our Catherine tell Catherine you. Catherine Crick is a, is a, is a narcissistic, Wants to be charismatic, but is actually really stupid, um, quote unquote, apostle, prophet, etc. And her um, spiritual daddy is what she actually calls him. Is that uh, what's his name? No way she says spiritual daddy. Yes, she does. No freaking way. Wait, another person is her spiritual daddy? Yes. I thought you were going to say like Jesus was her boyfriend. Okay, who's her spiritual daddy? I can't remember his name. Spiritual sugar daddy? He's in Africa. He has like a huge church over there. Oh, but, is that that? Is it like is it Joseph no, Prince? Noembe, is it like no. Noembe something something? Like the guy that said he was Jesus, and then they were gonna like crucify him uh, to celebrate Easter, and he's like, no, 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 and he had to like go to like hiding from his country. Do you guys remember that? Like this this African pastor, no, quote, sure pastor, that'd have been hilarious. 
it was like around east yeah it was like around easter and he's like telling all of his followers that he was like jesus come back to life so his followers believed him so much that they tried to crucify him again to reenact the crucifixion to give him praise so like the government had to like put him in hiding like him and his family (laughs) that that to me is awesome right there Yeah, there's this clip of her, like, quote-unquote, being anointed by him. And this video, she's, like, uplifting him. And she's basically calling this dude Jesus without actually saying. have to know who this guy is. His name's, like, George, possibly, or something like that. Can someone find this? Like, I don't, can AI find this? I gotta know who the spiritual daddy is. Like, usually, every time someone says that, usually they're calling, like, Jesus their husband or something. daddy. Because, you know, my son is 14, and it's adorable that he still calls me daddy. And Dude, like, I told my kids since, like, birth. Like, whenever they're like, daddy, daddy. I'm like, no, no, no. Just say dad. Just say dad. No, like, daddy's you're adorable. Baby. I've actually corrected my children. Your <laughs> baby. She even put, like, she calls him, his, uh, she calls him, uh, she says spiritual daddy. Sometimes she says spiritual father as well. And it's even, like, on, like, she'll put, uh, on April 25th, 2023, she put an Instagram post up. Happy birthday to my spiritual father. Like, do people not realize <laughs> this girl is crazy? She really is. So, yeah, now okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go on this mission myself. Okay, hang on. But I'm like, what is, okay, I, wait, wait, hang on. What is this, uh, okay, what's the actual prophetess's name, first of all? Catherine Crick. Like you got a crick in your like you got a crick in your neck. K R I C K. Who does she call? No, no, I found it. It's Gior Davy. G E O R. Last name D A V I E. So there you go. So apostle, you, you probably want to drop the apostle just so, so, so that you're not Chris, within. No, you got to read the proximity. prophecy. Read the prophecy. Oh, all right, all right. I'll read it again. Jeez, man, everybody's so <laughs> demanding today. All right, here we go. All right, so Marquise, I'm going to drop this on you. Ready? You ready for this prophecy from, you know, supposedly God? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening attentively. Right. Here we go. Prophetic warning. I imagine her voice <laughs> sounds like this. So I'm going to read it like this. Prophetic warning for the body of Christ. Since 2021, God has been speaking to his body, including the leaders in the body of Christ, to accept his new move, the end time revival. In this new move, God is restoring and reviving what has been lost by and large in the church, his anointing, the power of God. His apostles and prophets, deliverance, healing, miracles, signs, and wonders. In this revival, God is purifying his bride, transforming it to be how the Acts Church was, and going glory to glory from there. God has given the leaders of his body time to obey his voice and accept his new move. Time is running short. God's move will prevail and go to new heights no matter what. If the baton is not passed, 
older generation's leaders acknowledging and accepting his move and the new leaders he has raised up, he will take it by force. It is time now to have the fear of God. This is a prophetic warning. This is not something to take lightly. I'm surprised she didn't say something about like new wine or fresh cup or something like that. Oh man, yeah, or new wine skins. There's usually like a wine skin <laughs> thing in there, then they don't Ooh. understand what wine skins are. It's kind of good. Well, she had a whole right. like in, improvised. We have Gior uh, Davy homepage. Ooh, all right. Oh, this guy looks like a younger Ron Simmons. Now, so what exactly, Chris? You gotta tell me what exactly you disagree with. You gotta, you gotta break it down point by point, my guy. Oh wait, do you <laughs> believe that? No, I just want to hear. I want to hear Chris's assessment point of, by point of, of okay. his points of disagreement. Yeah, I want to hear this. Are you asking me to exegete this paragraph? <laughs> Please do, Chris. Maybe after Please you like, Chris. maybe after you go through and debunk each sentence, like an, a new demon will like fly off that statement. You'll like purge mm -hmm. them or yeah. excise them. Maybe I don't know. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it's deliverance ministry. Let me see if I can deliver her paragraph. All right, let's see. I got to blow it back up because it's hard. This is to where your deliverance ministry starts right now. Right, I know. Well, I mean, I already got the face hugger spirit going. Like demons flying off the pages. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did I tell you about the face hugger spirit? Uh, you did, and I I, 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 I used ChatGPT to create a description of it for you. That's true. Yes. Okay. So a CEO heard. I'm not sure you would spirit. Was that the well, no. squid spirit? So like Jennifer Leclaire has the sneaky squid spirit. So I came up with a brand wait, stop, new. Stop! 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 <laughs> what are you saying to me right now? I'm so lost. You said sneaky squid and face hugger. Yes. What are you okay. saying to me right now? <laughs> All right. Wait, dude, you got apostle in your name and you don't know these things. Are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know? <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. We are okay, using so. scripture in all the wrong ways. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Are you the teacher? Wow. That's that just that just made me laugh out loud. Laugh out loud. Okay. The devil loves this podcast right now. Oh, we are going to get banned in so many countries. Um. So, Lord Jesus, we coming home a little sooner than we thought. So okay, so there is a prophetess named Jennifer Leclaire out there. And she has talked to me. You can go find, just go Google sneaky squid. Wait, did she used to be? Did she used to be like a praise and worship leader or something like that? Yeah, aren't they? I know all? who you're talking about. I know who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, okay. so so Jennifer what Leclaire. So she talked about the sneaky squid spirit and how that has to be cast out. So it's like the spirit of like sexual immorality. That's like the sneaky squid spirit. It's an aquatic spirit. Um, so like the Marine Kingdom stuff, the Marine yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, Marine yeah. Kingdom. Yep. This is straight out of the Marine Kingdom, right? So, okay. Yeah, this okay. is the, the yeah. aquatic spirit, and so the sneaky squid spirit. So we were having a discussion one day about the sneaky squid spirit, and I decided that I could probably, if I wanted to sell my soul, I could probably get probably a good ninety percent of the NAR to accept the face hugger spirit from Alien. Oh, I did. Oh, I, oh, I was here. Yeah, I was here. Okay. Not yeah. from Alien, bro. 
Slipknot. Oh yeah. Alien. Oh yeah. The one that impregnates the one that impregnates the people, and then the stuff bursts out of their chest. Hundred percent. Oh I could, my lord. You want to hear my rationale, and I think you'll agree. And you know what? If you want to do this and you want to make a couple million dollars, I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm. You can have this one. Okay. So, the the face hugger spirit would be like. You know where H.R. Geiger got his ideas? He actually was drawing real demons. He was communing with demons as an artist. And when he came up with the facehugger for Alien, this was actually inspired by the demon that comes and hugs on your face and impregnates you with the seed of Satan. And this is the spirit by which you need to be delivered, Apostle Marquise, because you are carrying the seed of Satan. And if you do not pay for this deliverance right now, the seed <laughs> of Satan will burst forth from your loins. Throw in a scripture, from, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. From out of the abundance of the face he hugger, the mouth speaks. Dude, so this chick looks that's insane. Wild. That is wild. She has bugged the, out. The, the sad part is somebody somewhere, some gullible person somewhere would pay like seven, 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 and seventy-seven cents for this deliverance package, so that they can have you know immediate uh, access to their deliverance session. And like follow up checkup appointments. I'm like, this is that's wild. Yeah, that's so wild. I know oh, I can goodness. sell it. I could go on Clubhouse right now and probably make a thousand bucks for the day by just selling people the face hugger spirit. So now I gotta ask Chris. Okay, so back to the uh, the other lady, the Catherine <laughs> Cricks lady, because that was wild. That melted my brain a little bit. But back to the Catherine Cricks lady. Okay. So you gotta break it down. I'm guessing you got something, some issue with the whole baton handing off thing. I'm guessing, if I know you well, I feel like I know you decently well. Yeah. Um, so some issue with probably like the baton twirling, handing off thing. Some issue with this idea of more anointing or new anointing or fresh anointing. And some issue with this sort of new move thing. Mm -hmm. And definitely... Definitely, I know you're going to have some issue with, like, the reconstructing of the Acts Church in present day. Mm -hmm. So break it, down for, break it down for us, if Nate would be so kind as to give you the space of five minutes to give us the down and dirty, the lowdown, on why you don't like what she said. Nate will, and immediately following, Nate will give some information on her spiritual daddy, Jor Davy. Go oh, ahead. Yes, we're we're waiting on the on the who's the daddy report. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. There's like a Jerry Springer DNA episode in there. I'm sure. Okay. So, prophetic warning for the body of Christ. <laughs> so, okay. First thing first. Um, who are you, lady, to give a prophetic warning to the entire universal church? Have you been put in charge of the rest of us, like Peter, Paul, and James? Are you? Do you have that kind of authority? Interesting. I think most of our prophetic warnings come from the actual word of God. But I digress. Um, since 2021, God has been speaking to his body. Only since 2021? Wait, weren't you like around before 2021? 
and speaking to people like just 2021 this happened amazing including the leaders in the body of Christ to accept his new move so so wait so there's so there's this prophecy starting i guess only in 2021 that you know the nar um you know needs to be put forth front and center as the new leaders of his new move the end time revival like so what exactly how exactly are we further to the end time? i mean we're we're closer okay. to the end time Can today I than, back, yeah. back to, okay some some background context to this she had a whole sermon about this right and she literally used um, the Exodus as a um, as an example of a revival that had happened. You know a lot so, about her, Catherine. Yeah, because I was watching um, Chris Rosen. Uh, Chris, uh, what's his name? Rosen, whatever. Fighting for the faith. Did she put you at level three already? Chris Rosen. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I know I was watching a video. I was watching one of his videos last night, and he like went over. Um, that sermon, but yeah, she's, she basically gave, um, she's basically comparing herself to Moses. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. I mean, aren't we all? Uh, Yeah. I mean, we, I have the spirit of Moses right now. Um, so Chris, you don't think there's an, you don't think there's going to be an end time revival before Jesus comes back? There's not going to be like a, a great awakening or a second great awakening. Oh, oh, there will be. There will be. Well, the second great awakening was fake, but yeah, no, like, um, yeah, no, seriously, I could prove that. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I do believe like the Jews will come in mass to Christ and, you know, like all kinds of things, but you know what? You'll know it because we'll be in the seven years of tribulation. Not me. Um, maybe the rest of y'all that aren't premillennial, but you know, um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so no, there will be an end time revival this chick has no idea when that's coming because even Jesus said he doesn't know the day or the hour, but sometimes she does. Wow. She's powerful. In Are you this, still on line one? It's like line four. In this new move, God is restoring and reviving what has been lost by and large in the church. So, okay, so this is more restorationism nonsense. They've been talking about this for 120 years. How is this a new move? It's been going on a hundred, like four generations. Like, wow. His anointing, the power of God, his apostles and prophets. Like, ugh. Like, are you talking like, and she's got him capitalized here. So I'm guessing she means like the NAR, like the, like the new apostolic reformation that these are like actual capital A apostles, not just hey, I'm sent to go plant some churches like Apostle Sean or Apostle Marquis, where it's like a, like a nice title that we give people that are like going to go out and plant churches. No, they're, she's talking here about apostles and prophets, a la Peter, James, and Paul. Um, deliverance. I don't even know what deliverance is. Healing. Well, there's already healing going on. There's more healing today than ever. Miracles. Yeah, I've never seen a NAR apostle do a single miracle, but maybe I'm wrong. Signs and wonders. Um, Okay, yeah, so when you start walking on water, lady, that's not like some boards right under the surface or like you turn some water into some excellent, excellent wine. I mean, I will show up for that because I like some good wine. Um, Don't be a drunkard, Chris. 
I mean, I'm only going to have one but glass. She's talking about the quote unquote fivefold ministry because literally the name of her church is fivefold. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a burning point, which I thought was really appropriate. Well, you know, she'll be burning point at some point. Um, in this revival, God is purifying his bride. I mean, really? Okay, I, I'm not even going to comment on that. Transforming it. I'm sorry, the bride of Christ is always referred to as she. It's an anthropomorphism. Ugh. Transforming it. It's like how people call the Holy Spirit it. That makes me nuts. Um, transforming it to be how the Acts church was. Oh, yeah. So, like, we're going to go back to, like, Roman times? Okay. You know, the... It, um, the Acts of the Apostles is descriptive, not prescriptive. There's all kinds of unique things happening in Acts that we don't do today. Um, going to glory, from glory to glory, from there. I don't even know from glory to glory, what that even means. I think it's a hymn of some kind. Uh, is it based on a Bible? I thought there was a Bible verse that talked about it. Where they got there, the is a there is a Bible verse. Uh, is there? Faith, glory to glory, but I forget where it is. Yeah. It's like a, it's a doxology, I believe. Anyway, um, God has given the leaders of his body time to obey his voice and accept his new moves. This is where the threat comes in. This is my favorite part. So, you know, hey, you guys, like, you know, Michael Reeves and you know, Vody Bauckham and uh, John MacArthur and Justin Peters and, you know, my pastor, I guess. Uh, Basically, time... all the elders need to move out of the way. So yeah, they need to How scoot. many more lines are there? There's, we're almost this, is, this has got to be near the end because I remember this part, and this is the yeah. part where I was like, nah, player, but go ahead. <laughs> nah, player. I like that. <laughs> As she so, goes from glory to glory, you go from line to the next line. Time is running short, it is. God's move will prevail and go to new heights no matter what. If the baton is not passed, he will take it by force. So basically, she's basically saying like, hey, the NAR is going to move into your church and we're going to wipe out all of you like like the, the Israelites took out the prophets of Baal, is what I imagine. Um, well, in her sermon, she actually referenced this specifically to Saul and David. Oh, I was going to say, she's definitely pulling on some Saul and David, which if I could take just, uh, well, Nate, Nate's got a, uh, he's got information on the, on the, on the guy yes, who he like, does. sponsors her. Um, but I just want to daddy, Marquise, spiritual yes, daddy. The guy who sponsors her, because I'm not saying spiritual daddy anymore after that statement just there. <laughs> um, but I always think it's wild and it's so problematic because it's like, ooh, there's always this this push out with the old and in with the new. And I'm like, this is just glorified, literally glorified postmodernism with a Christian flair. Like, let's break away from tradition. Let's break away from the foundation of everything everyone else has done before us. And it's all about the new, if for nothing else, newness sake. And that is so annoying because... Even in like the, what is it, the second Samuel, what's it, 20, something like that. I forget where it is that like, you know, everybody's talking about the whole David situation with Saul and he's in the cave and he like cuts his cloak off. But what ends up happening that people always miss out of that story is 
It is not until Saul relinquishes sort of his his claim to the throne and then goes and dies that David does any sort of transitioning. Like people are like, oh yeah, and God, you know, removes Saul. Sure, God says, hey, I'm, I'm withdrawing my spirit from you. Like I'm not favoring you anymore. I'm not talking to you anymore. Cool, yeah, that happens. David still has to wait for the guy to die. And what blows my mind is there's never this like, ooh, David has to rise up and snatch it. No, he does this and then throws himself at Saul's mercy and Saul himself says, he comes to like the realization of his senses, like in that chapter. I got to find it. I'll post it in the chat. But he's literally, you have Saul saying, I now see that I've been dealing with you foolishly and you are righteous. So it's like, where's that? Oh, you're the David. There's some Saul in your way. Where's the sense of humility and just depending on God to like order your steps like he does all the righteous men, like the Bible says, such that your humility causes someone who's out of their mind with jealousy, with murderous intent to recant. Where's that at? Where like your humility makes someone come to their freaking senses and say, you know what? I've been dealing with you unrighteously. And now I know that God is going to continue, you know, the, the government of this kingdom on your shoulders and not mine or my my sons. And so, hey, my bad for trying to kill you all these times and chasing you around creation. And I'm going to go now and deal with this invasion that's happening on our borders. And, ooh, by the way, then I die with the help of some servant who helps me die because uh, I'm, I'm dying, but it's taking too long. I'm tired of suffering. And then the people put, make David. It's like they miss all of that. They just paused on that whole, oh, Saul was in the way. And so now David's got to rise up and take what's rightfully his. I'm like, but that never happens. He just waits patiently for Saul to repent and die. That's all that Good he point. Okay, Chris, finish this up. Gas has another question today, too, but let's, uh, let's burn right. through this. He will take it by burn force. Burn through this. It is now time to have the fear of God. I'm pretty sure it's always the time to have the fear of God. But this is a prophetic warning. This is not something to take lightly. No, it really is because you're an idiot. So Rosaria Butterfield, I'm, I'm on a Rosaria kick right now. Um, she talks about the, the abomination of women pastors being the sin of envy. And this lady, whatever person, um, is absolutely 100% displaying what Marquise just talked about, the sin of envy. She is Saul, and she envies the mantle that David has been given. And so you she does what? so by being Apostle Catherine Crick. I agree with her in that, like, with, uh, you know, Rosario or Butterfield. Like, that, that is great, because, you know, last time you said, you know, uh, she was asked, and she's like, I think it's a sin. And there was gasps and shocks on the on the stage. But I'm like, well, what sin? And you just said it. And I've always thought, because, you know, I'm like, well, what possible reason, like, you know, women can do the greatest thing in Christianity that Christians can do, men and women, even kids, which is the Great Commission in sharing the gospel. That's the greatest thing that someone, a Christian, can do. So by the time you're talking about being a pastor and shepherding a flock, yes, that's important. But um, it's not as important as sharing the gospel that will save people Eternally, eternally. Um, so I'm like, well, what possible reason would they have then to to want to to want to have that title specifically of pastor? 
Is it envy? Is it coveting? And, you know, it turns out Miss Butterfield or Dr. Butterfield or whatever agrees. Um, so I, I like her. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, what else? What possible reason other than just like envy would you have um, to, to just need that title? Because without the title, you can do everything anyways. Like you, you can do the well, greatest thing in Christendom. Um, well, but you I just need that also, title for some reason. I think Catherine also deals with um, she, this, like even this, uh, what she put out which was obviously not a prophetic word. Um, I think that she is totally rebellious. She wants no authority over her. So, and I think it's clear that she wants basically anyone who's, who could hold her accountable and who is older than her to move out of the way. So she has full power and authority. And basically cult leader. Well, I, I pulled up a picture of her. That picture of her, oh my lord, she looks insane. Like, I, I'm going to use this as a PTR in a minute. Okay, hang on. Let me stop getting shot at. I'm playing Fortnite while I do this. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let me just round up the ammo from the guy I just killed, you know, with kindness and stuff. And then I'm going to read you about, uh, you know, her spiritual daddy. So it's easy to find his homepage, you know, where he's talking about his own ministry. But, you know, no one wants that. We want, we want the critiques. We want the controversies. So let me just read... Some of the top controversies from Gior Davy. Okay, let me put myself in a nice little shelter here so I don't die. One moment. All right, there we go. Got myself a little hut. Okay. So, some of the controversies with this guy. Where are they? Okay. So, this is number one controversy that comes up. Gior <laughs> Davy has faced some controversy throughout his career. Just some controversy. Primarily related to the following. Number one. <laughs> Claims of being an African warlock. <laughs> That's just to, like, usher you into the controversies. So some, criti some critics, including uh, other pastors, have accused Jor Davy of practicing dark magic and witchcraft. These accusations stem from his prophetic announcements and spiritual practices, which some find unorthodox. If your first critique is not, you know, I think they may be embezzling money or they might not be reporting accurately their financial income or, you know, they've made a prophecy that didn't come true. Your first criticism is you're an African warlock practicing dark magic. <laughs> um, you know, OK. And then there's the other stuff, too. Financial impropriety. Concerns have been raised regarding the financial transparency of Gerard Davies Ministry and Gerard Davies Foundation. Some critics allege a lack of accountability for how funds are used and question the financial dealings. Um, a lack of theo theological training. Critics point to Gerard Davies' lack of uh, formal theological education and argue his teachings deviate from established Christian doctor doctrines. They question his qualifications and lead, uh, to lead a large and influential church. Eh, I'm not going to be too hard on that, except, you know, the road where he has been led, apparently of accusations of witchcraft and dark magic. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of formal training wouldn't have hurt. Uh, let's see. Exploitation of followers. Um, some critics claim that he exploits his followers financially and emotionally, manipulating them through fear and guilt, like the prophecy from his spiritual daughter you just heard. Uh, they raise concerns about undue influence he wields over his congregation. Okay, okay. It's par for the course. Cultural insensitivity. Jor Davy has been criticized for insensitive remarks and cultural appropriation, hmm. particularly in his, in his interactions with Western audiences. These incidents have led to accusations of 
arrogance and disrespect towards other cultures? Eh, I don't know anything about that. Like, huh, what would he culturally appropriate from a Western culture? I don't know. Anyway, uh, okay. So, yeah, um, there you go. And let's see, the sources are Land Magazine and uh, a bunch of Facebook posts from, I guess, this place. So anyway, there you go. There's some background on her spiritual data. Oh, guess. Let me bring you up your guess. Yeah, Chris, go ahead. Oh, no, I didn't realize I was unmuted. Uh, guess, are you able to get up here? Well, no bride. I'm trying to send you well she's oh, talking hey, about Malik? the bride of Christ. Oh, Malik, how long have you been here? I just saw you. I've been here for a while. Oh. Hey, guests, welcome. I, just, I, keep wanting, I keep hearing like, Mr. Glass, Mr. Glass, from that Unbreakable movie. Yo. What's up today? Um, I gotta, I probably, I gotta do a tour for like 15 minutes here, but I'll, I'll hop on after that. Sure, sure. What's up, Sean? Hey, Sean. Hey, everybody. Uh, anytime we're talking about abuse of spiritual gifts and someone practicing uh, uh, dark magic, which does exist, uh, uh, we we know that that is not a true person, a true, true prophet, uh, because the Bible is clearly saying, "I got, I'm gonna go King James on you from the Book of Isaiah." chapter 8, verse 19. And when they say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and wizards that, that peep and mutter. Should not a people seek their God from the living to the dead? If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. I'm, I'm cooking. I'm cooking breakfast. <laughs> so if you hear a little background, forgive me. Um, Sounds like bacon but, grease sizzling. No, that's sausage. No. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Some type of pork product. Actually, turkey. How many walls are you violating right now with breakfast? <laughs> turkey sausage. He's making breakfast from a lock. Leave him alone. <laughs> I'm making it for my wife. <laughs> hey, y'all, I gotta get out of the doghouse. <laughs> um, but uh, for, for real, that's what the scripture says about such practices. And then when we talk, I, I wrote a whole paper when I was at Liberty University about the misuse and abuse of spiritual gifts. And the bottom line is when someone is doing you can't mix you can't mix witchcraft and and the Holy Spirit. It just don't work. I think we all agree with that. That's pretty right. <laughs> so like, so like would you true. say like if, Bethel Redding? If it's true. <laughs> right. Would you say like Bethel Redding would be up in there? I've never heard of Bethel Redding or Ethel Redding. Like Bethel Church? Like oh. Bethel Music? Zoom uh, in on PTR real quick there. 
You'll be begging for the eye of Sauron back. Huh? <laughs> Wait a minute. I just heard a, <laughs> a a reference to one of my favorite Marvel cartoons, the X-Men of all time. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we're going to really think about that with some seriousness. Uh, there's no wrong, nothing wrong with humor. Uh, but when we are really saying is that you talking about someone who promotes the feathers coming out of the um, out of the um, out of the out of the vest and the eagle feathers or the angel feathers, and and there's there nothing but down feathers to come out of anybody's pillow. Then, what are you talking about? Uh, isn't there someone who isn't there? Yeah, so Bethel Bethel Redding, they will do things like put gold dust in the AC system. So at a certain time they'll kick the AC system on and then everyone will have gold dust dropped on them. Oh, I didn't know um, where he was going with that, Yeah, and then that, they also a... did angels' wings, so they so they were like, There's the flutter of angels' wings, and then they turn the AC on and all of these feathers come floating down from the from the sky. No, I was I, I was right I was spot on, right? Right, Chris? You are spot on. <laughs> I, I didn't know where you were going with that. I just heard you talking about, like, yeah, feathers and whatever. Uh, okay, like I said, spiritual gifts, gifts are abused and misused. That's why a lot of people have an aversion to them. Uh, but the scripture does, is, is very clear. The fire is not prophesying. Uh, that first Thessalonians 5. Uh, the scriptures also uh, say war by the prophecies that went forth before you that you may wage a good warfare. First uh, Timothy chapter one verse eighteen. Um, but uh, when it comes down to I do I do I can I deny uh, the supernatural? No, then I wouldn't be an apostle. Uh, but what I will do, what I will say is people out here are faking the funk, and when you fake the funk. I'm just using a term that everybody would understand. Uh, you're not real. God's not in it. it. Like I said, if it's true about this uh, Joel guy, uh, I've never heard <laughs> until today. Uh, but uh, if it's true that he's faking the funk, yes, he should be brought brought before everyone. Uh, but if, he's, if, if it's a, a, a false claim, uh, then we know because some people have, have sworn that Jesus himself was a magician. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say I have a feeling, but hey, I, I Chris, I do PTR again. I've um, got a new and improved PTR. But Malik, <laughs> dude, I haven't seen you in like months. Like, uh, how's it dude, going? Why are, why are you posting pictures of Aaron like that? That's just mean. Wow. <laughs> yes. Uh oh, Malik. I got jokes. Oh, uh, Malik. Are you asleep? Fix, fix your stuff. You gotta gotta leave and come back. I think we fix my what? You. Oh, hey, there you, there you are. Oh, I wasn't talking. I wasn't oh. talking. Yeah. Well, I, I've been here. I've been here for a while. What's up? What was, your, what was the question? Life. No question. Yeah, how are you? I'm, How's I'm, life? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, things are good. All right. Well, I guess that's that's good. 
Uh, happy six day Hanukkah. Uh, yes, a happy one of yeah. those to you as well. Um, hey, so Sean, I I think we should have prophets in the church again, but only if we can take them out back and stone them if they're wrong even one time. Well, we got prophets in the New Testament too, like Silas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, can we take them out back and stone them if they're wrong one time? What's that? You can't stone Silas. But Simon was never wrong. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm uh, Brandon's stepfather. Oh, you live here? No, I don't live here. I'm here visiting. Okay. <laughs> He's an intruder. He's an intruder. We're inspecting. Oh. Um, hey, let, I, have a, I have some visitors. Let me, uh, let me deal with that. Okay. Tie him up. Put him in the closet. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Right. The official position of asking Christians do not take hostages. Do not kidnap yeah. people. Nope, Did you guys want to hear this uh, bridegroom of Christ argument? Sure, sure. Why not? All right. This is not this. Uh, so this is a really rough draft. Um, this is actually somebody else's that there's a guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's his name's Ethan. He's like a um, he's an incredibly smart guy. He claims to be a Christian, although there's um, he suspects that like there, he might be trolling, just kind of things he says and the way he talks and perhaps this argument, but I'll kind of lay it out for you. <clears throat> um, it's not a sexual relationship. <laughs> well, so that's kind of the that's kind of the thing here, but there's actually I can give you the biblical support for this position here. Um, so throughout the Bible, it talks about uh, the church being the bridegroom of Christ. And so this this metaphor is used throughout the Bible and um, often the or actually God, he considers a couple married, legally married um, or when they're legally married. He, he considers the marriage official when they have consummated the marriage. And so in God's eyes, a so marriage is not that? Um, like the verses. Yeah, sure. Uh, let me just shortcut it for you. There's no such thing. Well, I mean, for those who may not know, I, I would like to hear his sources and the argument, as crazy as it is. But I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the short answer is, you know, when someone asks this very question, say, you know, uh, it's a it's a story about like, you know, this guy and he, he dies. And it's like the brother is supposed to take the wife and, you know, raise the family and stuff like that. And it's like seven brothers all die. So it's like in heaven, who is she going to be married to? Which one of these seven dudes? And Jesus is like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Like in heaven, no one's given a marriage. No one's married. Like it's, it's a whole different level. It's like a glorified, you know, resurrected body. It's not like, you know, marriage and sex stuff like we have uh, here on earth. So, I mean, that's the, the actual biblical answer. That's not a thing. But yeah, I mean, if you have the verses or support this guy uses, um, let's hear it. Sure. I'd have to, um, I'd have to look at that exact thing. So maybe we can, um, we can or, or just say that. Or yeah, just say his argument then, like without without any sources. Like if if you know this guy's argument, or unless that's it. Like if that's all. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of it. So there's a couple different things. So like, um, his his view is that, um, man, it's yeah, it's gonna just coming from me, it's gonna be sillier and sillier. He and it is kind of silly in the first place, but he kind of argues that like so in Revelation, um, it talks about. Let's see here. It talks about um, these are the ones who have not been defiled by women. For they have kept themselves chaste. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. So, in Revelation, it talks about how virgins are actually the ones that are going to be highly prized 
in this relationship. Um, we know that a um, <clears throat> that a relationship with God is going to be a deep, um, intimate relationship, and so um, so. I guess I'll just, <laughs> that's a little bit. It, he's so he's he's a very smart guy, so he can he can present it a little better. But it does very co come off as kind of a troll. Um, but that's kind of like the the skeleton of what it is. Is where the I don't know. The Bible seems to suggest um, that virgins are actually like um, highly prized people for their their chastity, and that they'll be rewarded in heaven because they've been virgins their whole life. And so his argument is that if you stay a virgin your whole life. Um, you'll eventually become in this intimate relationship with God in heaven. With arguments like that, he'll be a virgin for life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so some of the early church fathers did prize virginity. Um, and specifically because of some other things going on in the church, but you know, um, but this was a minority view up until about the fourth century. And so the one who championed this particular view um was uh oh my goodness uh dude who wrote the latin vulgate jerome so jerome was the one who championed this particular idea um and there was a whole thing about um virginity in the early church um you know that essentially that is what they the early church truly did believe um we believe that that's taking a lot of stuff out of context um, and the early church was completely wrong about that particular idea. Uh, and when I say early church, I'm talking like fourth century, fifth century. So like Jerome was fifth century. Well, Chris, could I ask you, have you in fact been defiled by women according to Revelation? Right. So or men or camels or anything really. Right. So, so in Revelation, that's specifically talking about sexual immorality. It's not talking about marriage. So that's the context of that. Oh, it's, interesting. I see. Yeah. It's basically talking about sexual immorality. It's not talking about marriage. Talking about the 144,000? <clears throat> yeah, in the right? context, yeah, it is the, it is the 144,000. So these are the ideal, you know, um, evangelists for Christ. And, you know, the, the book of Revelation has a theme of sexual immorality in it. And so the but the contrast is between those who indulge with the uh, whore of Babylon and are sexually immoral versus, um, you know, those who are kept pure from engaging with the whore of Babylon. I would, I would ask them what, what tribe are they from? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know uh, Andrew R? Have you heard of that guy? <laughs> oh, we know him. Oh, we know Andrew. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is kind of like an argument. So th this guy, Ethan, he actually, um, I don't know, it's kind of this, uh, this hilarious thing, but, but Andrew said that he believes there's a 25% chance that Ethan's view on this is actually correct. And so there's, there was like a, just a hilarious back and forth last night where he, he had to defend why he thinks there's a 25% chance this view is like correct. Based on what's, what's his measurement, what's his measurement standard? Or no. Well, just like a subjective, like if you had to put a number out there, that's the way he gave it. Well, I, I'm about I'm about fifty percent sure that Nate has um, nine fingers. Oh, you'd be right. Shop class, man. Just and, if, and if Nate doesn't believe it, he's he's just not a believer. 
I mean, there's a point so, zero 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 one percent chance that you know the Captain Trick's prophecy is going to come true. There you go. I got. I, mean, anyway, I think you guys a... will be prepared for it if it comes up. Right. Yeah, we've read it, so we've all been warned. Consider yourself. Yeah, I mean, warned. you know, hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Dude, this yeah. room has zero chill today. <laughs> Aaron, what's up? Welcome. Been a while. You and Malik, both of you, it's been a while. Yeah, tend to stay away from toxics, um, but I'm not talking about you. Anyways, the point that I came in here is um, somebody asked uh, who's that picture of you in the PTR, and somebody answered, is that is that Aaron in your PTR? So can you please elaborate what happened? Yes, it happened to much shock and awe because some people poked mm-hmm. the bear. So there were gas okay. and who wow, really? Who what? Yeah. Yeah, who I, asked I who? asked that. I asked that, Aaron. I was I was making a joke. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cute. And then yeah. you asked, is that Aaron in your PTR? And then what did Nate say? Wow, really? It's on replay. That's what I said. Wow, really? You yeah. said, wow, really? Why would you do that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. What else do you Just got? Just clarify. Oh, you want to come and you want to come and you want to come and. No, 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 no. I'm not talking to you, Chris. I'm asking oh, you. Oh, you're not talking to me. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not talking to you right you now. You want to talk to actual Right now at this moment, at right Take this breath, moment, people. Chris, I am not talking to you. I'm talking to Nate mm-hmm. because I actually believe Nate. So therefore I want to know what happened from a source that I trust. That is why I'm asking <laughs> Nate. Hey, Nate, Such what a happened? Mentally ill person. Nate, Nate, Nate. God bless you, Chris. Bye-bye. God right. bless you. I'm, anyways, I'm praying anyways, for you. Yeah, that's, that's the, the entire back to conversation. The point. Yeah. Thank you, Nate, for clarifying that because I like clarity. And thank you for clarifying that. That's all I came in here for. I actually have things to do. But God Ooh. bless you. Later. Well, it's good to see you. If if the source was like saying something bad about me, tell them they're a liar and repent. It's on replay. But um, <laughs> if they're just saying something bad about Chris, then that's fine. Man, people can't take jokes. Dang, I thought Nate's wife's name was Aaron for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. There's a clubhouse rumor next. Uh, no, I thought he was taking a jab. Keep me out of your I, drama, I people. I I was mistaken. <laughs> I, I've been nothing to nice but you people. Oh, is Lynn here? Who? Lynn. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, there's someone named Lynn. Yeah, she's here. Yeah, Lynn. I don't, I don't know right. what you're I talking think, about. I, think I but... know her. Yeah, she was like, I see your public repentance is was not genuine. Um, oh, are you know. they calling you in here? Wait, did you publicly yeah. repent, even fakely? No, what I said Wait, public was... public repentance yesterday. What'd you do yesterday, Chris? That's right. So so all I said was, and Rick Reel's been having these really nice chats, and I said that any part that I've had in dividing people that I am sorry for, and that I repent of that, and I do not wish to divide, um, you know, but, uh, yeah. So, again, our... Or, well, let's let me see if I can be charitable. Our friends that have been causing all of the division on Clubhouse, and who have been, I don't know, how do I say this, wickedly going about and saying terrible, ridiculous, untrue things. Um, you know, they have yet to repent. Um, 
and uh, me making a joke about Aaron and Catherine Crick. Um, not sure what the offensive part of that joke is. Simply a joke. I guess jokes aren't allowed. Are jokes allowed? To which, to which I answered, wow, really? Yeah. Let it so be I made known. one joke. Got a joke. Yeah. And just for the record, um, you know, Aaron, Aaron and I have got a complicated relationship. Um, I believe that she is uh, new apostolic reformation um, and not particularly Christian. And uh, yeah, that's who she is. She's a demon, demon hunter. Oh. Oh, good Lord. Well, you guys go have a powwow about that on your own time. It was all fun and games. We were making fun of, you know, other know. people. And well, but she takes Catherine Crick seriously. Guy. What? Like, no, she she takes... does. She, no. Oh, yeah. No. You should have asked her. She cannot. I am sure she does. No. Because she said this or you just believe this? No, I believe it, but I'll bet you if you asked her, get her back in here. Whoever is going around and telling Aaron will that someone... we're talking bad about her. It's probably yeah, we'll, Will the Tweety Bird please ask Aaron if she knows who Catherine Crick is and if she believes her or, or thinks she's like, you know, from God or something like that? I, I can't. Malik, what do you think? I, I can't think that she would think that. No, she doesn't. She doesn't take uh, this person seriously. She's she's against Bethel and all that stuff. Against Bethel. Mm-hmm. All that nonsense. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, but yet she still thinks that she talks to demons. Oh Lord, aren't we dealing with another stuff like 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 imprisoning women, like child brides, like you know? Isn't there enough topics to to pick at? No, well, crazy me. There are, not. there are. You're right. Sorry, I was just grabbing my potatoes. Just trying to live at peace with all people as much as depends on me. Except maybe like the first hour and a half of this hangout. <laughs> hey, I got I got a question for you guys that may or may not fill yes, please. the room. <clears throat> so I'm new to this whole thing, but last night I was um, on TikTok. I know, bad, bad Adam. But um, there's a lot of stuff about Project Blue Beacon. And like it's amping up even more and stuff like that. What is your all's thoughts on that? Do you mean Blue Beam? Never heard of it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Blue Beam. Sorry. What the heck is a Blue Beam? I know it's, it's a piece like of software. In the, it's from it's from like a government cons, quote conspiracy from the sixties where um, scientists were were trying to um, kind of like on uh, fantastic was Fantastic Four no no um. It's the giant blue guy in one of the earlier Marvel movies. It was like Fantastic Four or, or something like that, where that like sixty foot tall like blue guy shows up in like New York. Um, and and anyways, that's like a depiction of kind of like Project Blue Beam. I mean, it's supposed to be real for the movie, but Project Blue Beam is supposed to like do something to ionize the atmosphere or put certain like microscopic particles in the atmosphere, um, which you can then like charge somehow and basically like broadcast holograms, like how you do that hologram technology um, where you'll see like you know Michael Jackson doing a performance and it's it's like just a hologram of it. Um, so that's the idea behind Blue Beam. So in theory, um, you would be able to do things like make uh, 9-11 look like uh, you know, planes were crashing into a building 
by using this technology when in fact there were no planes and there was nothing there. Or, um, you know, a more nefarious person would simulate the return of Christ and, and, you know, have like a false Christ and be like, look, there's a giant Jesus floating in the, you know, floating in the heavens. Um, so that's the idea of Project Bluebeam, how you can kind of like saturate the atmosphere with certain particles and then project holograms as if it's true. So like whenever they say, um, aliens are invading, look out your windows, look out your windows right now if you don't believe us. And out your windows, you will see um, spaceships, but it's all just like holographic projections. Well, that's the, the what I know. I, is, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked is because, like, over in, um, I just, I just lost the name of it. You know that that big city over over there, where like uh, a lot of on the other side of the pond, where it's a lot of fancy buildings and like everybody talks about going at least once and like they do a lot of stuff with like technology and stuff uh it's right there on the if i could remember the name of it you know exactly Let's what i'm talking what about anyway, well over there dubai? there are dubai yes dubai they're already like doing stuff like that like with holograms and stuff because there was a the, there was a guy over there with just a regular video camera and i mean i don't know he could have edited it and you know but like it was like it looked like there was orca wells just flying around these buildings and stuff and they said it was it, it was a test for project blue beam but like what is so interesting about it is like there's a um there's a scientist or not a scientist um uh, an ex nasa um journalist or scientist or something that has passed away now, but he was giving reports about how NASA is in with um, with this, and they're trying to, like you said, Nate, they're trying to figure all this out, and like it ties in, like you know, the uh, COVID and all that, like everything as part of the whole conspiracy, as you will, of pulling things together, and that um, basically NASA is. Um, a big player behind pulling the one world government together to where, uh, you know, like with the one, the one world currency, electronic currency, all that stuff, it's all being pulled together. And NASA's like at the forefront of it. They're like the ones that are essentially everything's coming through to, to get all this together. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it at all. Yeah, I think that sounds totally like something our beloved government would do against us. All I say is, we know the end of the book. I mean, should we expect any different? Yeah, so you know. God wins. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow you die. And live eternally with your Lord and Savior. Hey, I was going to say, that's not the end of the book. <laughs> It's like in the middle. And live eternally with our Lord and Savior. Fear not man who can destroy the body, but God who can destroy the soul. After today's room, that's going to be hanging on my doorstep. <laughs> oh, June wants to come ask some questions about the Council of Nicaea. But June knows Chris a lot of church history. All you want. June knows more church history than me. I'm not sure what he's going to get out of his questions. Like, June is... Pretty, well, pretty good at church history, so I, I don't know what his questions are going to be. 
Well, I'm just going to jump to the end and say, if it's the Council of Nicaea, it's already not the first century church, which is where our uh, doctrine should, I want to say pretty much stop. I mean, just because you flesh out some more things throughout the ages. Uh, yeah, so with maybe a little caveat, I'm going to say, you know, first century church, just stay right there. But go ahead. What's up, June? Hey, so <laughs> I'm laughing so hard at Chris. Uh, I want to ask some questions about Council of Nicaea and see how you guys answer it. And also, hopefully, like uh, the, some of the questions that you guys will answer would also be more edifying to the entire room. Because for me, some of these questions, I think that there are certain misinformation, especially from non-Christians. And there's this propaganda going on that um, Trinity was invented in uh, Council of Nicaea. Uh, it was corrupted by Roman paganism, uh, and also, but even then, among the Trinitarians or Christians that tried to portray Council of Nicaea, I'm wondering to discuss um, some of their uh, talking points and see if you guys agree with it because I sometimes disagree. Like I, I, I watched some videos in from like inspiring philosophy, for example. Do you know that that Christian apologist, like where he, he. he he makes some arguments where he's trying to say Trinitarians were historical, uh, but somehow due to political corruption, uh, Aryan church were taken over. I kind of disagree with that, but and so this is why I just want to ask some questions. But first things first, you guys would obviously think that it is propaganda and it is wrong, factually wrong, to say that... Um, Trinity was invented in Nicaea, number one. Number two, uh, it was influenced by Roman paganism. And then number three, uh, Constantine uh, had influence uh, because uh, he was a Roman emperor and formerly pagan. Uh, he clearly corrupted a council of Nicaea. You would say they, 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 these are all false, fake, stupid. Maybe not stupid, but just silly propaganda. Yes or no? You are correct in your assessment of what my assessment would be. Wait, can you? So, what is the what is the charge that Nicaea did what? So the the char the the silly charge is that uh the Trinity has been invented in the Council of Nicaea. Number one, number two, uh, tr um, the, canon the council was, put was together at Nicaea. That's another one. I mean, I kind of think that the, the New Testament canon was a. It was not that I think it was more recognized and declared, but obviously, like they, they didn't invent the canon either. But e either way, so number one, uh, Trinity was invented. Number two, uh, corrupted by Roman paganism in that council, and number three, uh, Constantine uh, corrupted it, and he was a uh, pagan. Yeah. So, so for for my quick answer, uh, skip all of that. The reason I believe the Trinity is turned to page one of the Bible. That is the first reason I start believing and seeing the uh, composition of the Trinity. Page one. But for me, I think people may get may, may perform mental gymnastics if you just turn to the page one of Genesis in the Bible. But for me, like the the one thing that people don't understand, and I think this, I don't get why. If you just do a simple basic research. You realize that Constantine actually was very fond of Arius. Okay, he was baptized by Arius. His children were baptized by Arius. 
so for me, I mean, if you really want to talk about how um, the console is actually like uh, influenced, you rather say that Constantine had the Aryan bias. So, and, and many people will say Aryanism is more closer to Islam and Unitarianism. I mean, and yet, obviously, um, the outcome was completely different either way. So, first off, Constantine really didn't have little to any influence in that council. Second, for me, is I mean, if Constantine was trying was fond of Arianism, although he was formerly a pagan, what does that tell you, really? And number three, for me, I mean. Trinity has nothing to do with Roman paganism. This is clearly, as you say, rooted in Old Testament. So I, I don't understand this nonsense. And I think it's time for people to wake up and, and to stop, or Muslims to stop reading their silly little script. Some people getting mis, uh, you know, um, misinformation, getting brainwashed by Da Vinci Code, and uh, wake up and realize this is stupid. Well, I agree with that. So, um, for, 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 my, for, my, for my ignorance, the Council of Nicaea had Roman bishops or Greek bishops? It had both. But the majority were? The majority were Roman bishops. Yeah, so it was mostly Roman. Mostly Roman bishops? Yeah. There were representatives from Alexandria and from Antioch, and you know, there, was, there, was a, there was a mix of people at Nicaea. The main argument were between two priests from the Alexandrian Coptic Church. Um, the, the person, the main person, my hero, one of my heroes, Athanasius, who actually won uh, over the, the side, the people choose the side of the deity of Christ against Arianism, which is now practicing by, practiced by Jehovah's Witnesses. Did you know and that some... Chris's son actually slapped Arius? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't believe me, he's got a picture of it, too. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I need to change my picture before they think I have a really deep voice. Anyway. Oh, also, also just uh, real, real quick, just to let you know, Apostle, I just want to, I just want to say... You know, Athanasius, that boy laid down that creed, man. That boy laid down a creed. Yeah, <laughs> Athanasian creed, yeah, I know about it. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't teach church history. Amen. Um, amen. It's good uh, for you to have. <laughs> also, it's, quite, it's, it's, it's longer than the Apostles' Creed. Well, it's, it's a really good creed. <laughs> Best um, creed. Make creeds great again. Based, and it also has the filioque, LOL. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, wait, so, sorry, Sean, go ahead. Anyway, uh, when it comes to um, the the doctrine of um, Christ being God, that was fully brought up. The deity is shown in the Bible, of course. But 325 AD with the Council of Nicaea, Athanasius brought that out very beautifully. <laughs> Hallelujah. Allow me to be a little Pentecostal, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those Montanists. Well, you can claim them. You can claim them. I don't claim the Montanists. They, they have this. We don't claim the Montanists. We don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Strange extremes. <laughs> 
No, I mean, if we're talking about if we're talking about councils and we're talking about historic councils, there's a historic. Uh, I I call this the the Council of uh, Charlatans. Uh, this is uh, the Jesus Twenty Three Lamb of God conference. And listen to who's speaking. Okay, just listen to this all star lineup of charlatans. So we have Michael Kulianos, Jessica Kulianos, Jesus Image Worship, Benny Hinn, Heidi Baker, Francis Chan, Stephanie Gretzinger, Jeremy Riddle, Brother Yoon, John Wilde, Ben Fitzgerald, Brian Guerin, Michael Miller, Lindy Coffer, David uh, David Papalachi, and Upper Room Worship. Only at that place. That's going to be the Council of Hellfire. <laughs> So, so, I mean, uh, so I looked up the Council of Nicaea, 318 bishops, only nine were, were Roman. Well, I see. It depends, on, it depends on how you're defining Roman, right? So if you're talking about Western versus Eastern would probably be a better search because, like, if you're talking Roman, that means from Rome. This is, yeah, this is newadvent.org. New admin, new yeah. Most yeah, so they're going to define Roman as, like, from Rome. Not like Western. It just says Latin. The Latin bishops were only nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alexandrian bishops, though, though, were more that tenant, probably. Yeah, because... I mean, there was just a lot more people in the Greek areas at the time that were Christians than you know, like in Carthage and Rome. I actually don't know if you're right there, Chris, because I think the, the dispute was really more taking place in Alexandria. But obviously, from Alexandria, it started to spread uh, a lot. You're talking about the Aryan controversy? Yeah, the Aryan controversy. Yeah, because Arius uh, is an Alexandrian bishop, right? Right. The, he is the, the bishop of Alexandria. First, the the dispute first took place in Alexandria. Correct. Right? And then it started to spread. So obviously, um, because of that, uh, because it's uh, more of a dispute between Alexander of Alexandria and then obviously with Arius and then eventually... Uh, at the nations would further uh, carry on the mantle I had dispute. Uh, there'll be more Alexandrian bishops that would attend. Uh, obviously, like I do believe that Constantine did call 1,800 bishops, 1,800 to 3,000, but only 300 attended. Mm -hmm. So because of, uh, and usually they were able to attend, only bishops that were in that surrounding region could attend, right? So you, uh, I believe that Nicaea, I don't think it's too far from Alexandria. All, even if it's a bit far, there were more stakes for the Alexandrian churches, so that's why more Alexandrian bishops would go. Right, but Arianism was popular all over the empire. It wasn't just concentrated in a single area. No, no, the, Arian... it, it, as I say, it spread it, right? Right, it spread all over the place. It spread like wildfire. Um, the reason it spread like wildfire is that Arius wrote a bunch of hymns and so people would sing Arian hymns in their churches and then start to glom on to that theology. That was how it was popularly spread. Yeah, no no, no dispute there, but I actually, what, since we, now we're going into the territory of how Arianism spread, do you think that when I look at uh, some people like Alistair McGrath, uh, even Coptic or some uh, Roman Catholic apologists and Eastern Orthodox, they'll say, the first heretic was a biblicist, uh, was going by solo scriptura or sola scriptura. Uh, Arius, it came out of nowhere, interpreted the Bible whatever he likes, 
and no, they became like, and they spread it like a wildfire. And for me, I just feel like this is just very silly. I, I it is true that I, I think Athanasius did accuse. Where did you get this type of teaching? From whom did you get it from? He did accuse that. He said, "Can you cite the church fathers uh, that support your position?" He did ask first in the beginning, but eventually Athanasius just st- stopped uh, asking these questions altogether when Arius appealed to origin. So we know for sure that that, that argument, I think, it just goes out the window. And eventually, mm-hmm. uh, Eusebius, uh, he said, I don't know if it's Cicera or Socrates of Cicera. Eventually, uh, the historians are recorded that they, are, they ex- suspected that Arius got some of the teachings from his, his teacher and another teacher at Antioch and put a new spin on it. Mm-hmm. But either way, they will not say that he just invented this out in there. Or he, he was just reading scripture and then suddenly, based on his feelings, just came out and said, oh, Jesus is created. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just remember, how do you know an Eastern Orthodox or a Catholic church historian is lying? It's when they're moving their lips. Like literally, <laughs> literally, they say almost nothing accurate. True. They rebuilt church history to suit their needs. And when you actually go to the primary resources, all of their arguments fall apart. And you it's find out that they're Just real quick, especially, yep. and they do this criminally with one specific father, and that's Augustine. They will oh. absolutely murder what Augustine actually means and says in his writings. And they do it with everybody. They do it with Justin Martyr. They do it, they do it with Irenaeus. They do it with Clement. Um, they take things out of context. Um, they twist things. I mean, they're, I mean, they're satanic liars, and they practice their <laughs> satanic liar liarship very well. It's not like Satan's not convincing. Um, so there's there's a website, a Catholic website called Called to Communion. Um, and it's supposedly a bunch of Calvinists, Protestants that have converted to Catholicism. Uh, and then there is an entire thing at Whitehorse where they go line by line through their claims and demolish them with the church fathers because that's where they want to fight their fight, uh, not the scripture because they don't care. They've never read the scripture. Um, and so, you know, you can go to that resource and see where they twist history, where they twist the fathers. Look, let the church fathers be the church fathers. They were writing about things that were of the moment. They were not writing for all of history. They were writing things like about proto-Gnosticism, about Judaizers, all these other things. The reason that the early church fathers um, really emphasize the sacraments is not because the sacraments were more important than, say, repentance and faith. Uh, It was because the sacraments were physical and they were fighting Gnosticism, which is saying that the physical is bad and that the spiritual is good. And so they were emphasizing the spiritual aspects, or I'm sorry, the physical aspects of Christianity in order to battle the Gnostics. And so then that takes gets taken out of context and it's like, oh, well, you know, you gotta have baptismal regeneration. And even Augustine believed in baptismal regeneration in a sense. Um, you know, and so you get this twisting that moves away from the gospel and from actual church history. I mean, let's face it, the Eastern Orthodox have a saint that's completely made up. Like the person didn't even exist in history. Like, I, I mean, they're so bad. I can't remember the dude's Wait, who name. Who is it? Wait, who is I'm it? Trying, I'm trying to remember the dude's name. Um, 
and they have a feast day for for or no, it's a lady, I think, and they have a feast day and all this other stuff. And like the the like the contemporary writings say that she's a fictional character. Like the contemporary writings, like yeah, you know, there's this fictional character in this allegory, and like somebody just decided that this was a real person at some point, and then made a feast day to her because they're just you so need the dumb. faith, hope, and love. No, no, no. I, I, I got to look it up. I'll look it up and get back to you guys. But uh, long story short, like I know who you're when, talking about. It's a guy. It's a guy. His it? name is Saint Peter. Saint Peter the Alliot. Is it okay? So, so yeah. I mean, there's just when you talk about apostolics in church history, when you when you talk about like picking and choosing what you're going to quote, that is exactly quote mine very well because there's eighty seven thousand pages of the church fathers. And the reason they want to fight their battle there is because you have to wade through 87,000 pages of crap to get to, you know, the actual decent doctrine, as opposed to just going straight to the scripture and it's inerrant and infallible and it's right there. Like, it's just, it's just dumb. I don't argue with apostolics on the church fathers. I tell them, look, the church fathers were a bunch of ignorant rubes who didn't have two pieces of papyri to rub together in most cases, who were running for their lives and just trying to read as much as they could from smuggled letters around because people were persecuting them and burning their manuscripts. Like, why would you think you're going to get decent theology out of people like that? You're not. You're going to get, like, wacky hot takes on things that have survived through the years. Like, it's just it's just bad theology to try to get theology from the church fathers. That's I, just, I just want to make it clear that a lot of people seem to not understand this, but somebody being old or somebody being early in history doesn't make them more right than somebody in today's time like at all like we can identify this in everything else but religion like we can look at the sciences and be like yeah the dudes who held to a geocentric model were definitely off bat today's conception is absolutely correct and just because they were great scientists back then, we don't say that everything that they taught was right because there's developments and we find out new things and then we find out, hey, maybe they could have been wrong in this type, and in this sense. But it almost seems like with theology, people are just grasping to the older that they are, the more correct they must be. To that, I say go all the way back to the first century and stay there. Uh, yeah, I would rather say contemporary sources are better at see or what people closer to the time or you know for example if you're talking about the bible people who are closer in the first century and what they are taught i mean i did i'll i'll argue for contemporary sources so i i would say the earlier it is usually better but sometimes as chris says like we do have to take into context so this is why i want to ask you guys i don't think that this is a, a opinion that's just perpetuated by catholics and eastern orthodox many Protestants do it too and i had a big dispute with faithful and they were treating me so badly, in my personal opinion, because I said that Tertullian was a heretic. And I, I said that, like, many Christians, when they try to, many Christian apologists sometimes are very biased. They try to show a rosy picture of church history, of how Jesus is God, that Trinity is so abundant. I mean, I, for me, when I look at church history, I think it's just, it's actually very, very messy. And this is why. At the nature, stop debating about church history with uh, <laughs> with areas because and there's a reason why many bishops start to follow areas because if you look at origin or if you look at other church fathers, there 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 is a case uh, that people can argue for Arianism. I think this is clear. I mean, even if you look at Theopolis, 
of Antioch, for example, he says Jesus is created, but he said Jesus is produced. <laughs> I mean, when you look at that kind of language, people will get confused. And obviously, if you, uh, and based from that confusing language, I mean, was, why should we be surprised that Arianism came from that type of language? Like, come on, we should expect this. And I don't get why, like, many Protestants, like, as I said, uh, inspiring philosophy will say, oh, people were always Trinitarians until Arius came along, cor corrupted and bribed uh, Constantine, and eventually somehow, uh, due to political corruption, bishops became, many bishops uh, became Arian, and Arianism took over the church. Do you guys think that's true? Like, I, I just think that's really false. Well, so, okay, in one sense, it is true, right? So, like, if you look at Pope Liberius, Athanasius was banished after the Council of Nicaea, right? And Pope Liberius uh, was became an Arian, and they installed lots of Arian bishops. Okay, so Arianism actually did take over the church for a short while. Um, Athanasius actually stood against the Bishop of Rome, he stood against the councils, because remember, right after Nicaea, they had several councils with many more bishops that attended that were Arian church councils. So he stood against councils, he stood against the Pope, um, or, you know, lots of people were called Pope back then, but, you know, he stood against the Bishop of Rome. Um, he stood on the scripture alone. That is what Athanasius did. And this copium that we get from apostolics that Athanasius was immediately like, you know, lionized is nonsense. He suffered through most of his life and the church persecuted Athanasius for I, most I, of his life. I agree with you. You know, one, one, one talking point that I just don't understand, which is just absolutely delusional for me is like they, they, Eastern Orthodox, you heard this, right? They will always say it takes some time for a council to be ecumenical. That that didn't even happen at all, right? Uh, after the Council of Nicaea, in the Council of Seleucia and Arminum, the Arian councils that you talked about, he was, <laughs> Athanasius was exiled, not even after a decade. He was exiled as, uh, what, within a month or a week or even yeah. a year. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it I mean, didn't like, take too long for him no. to get exiled. If what they said is true, it should have taken at least a decade. But no, right. that's not the case. But for me, Chris, the one thing that I, I may we may have to flush out the details because mm -hmm. for me, I don't know if Arianism spread because of political corruption and due to politics. I I mm -hmm. personally think that many bishops start to become Arians because of the mer the messiness of church history. And yeah. for me, at, at the end of the day, I think you agree with me earlier, like Arius didn't just some, some didn't just one day out of his feelings, okay, read the scripture and then interpret whatever he felt he felt like. Okay. Before we yeah. flesh out any more details, let's talk to Miguel, who I don't think I know. What's up, Miguel? Okay. This conversation's up, not ending up? anytime soon. So uh, before up, we get man? back to it, do you have anything? Uh, man, I, I just believe all these church fathers are just made up by the Catholic Church. Bro. I, I think it's Satan trying to get you away from Scripture. Oh, let's see what these made-up writings have to say. Like, you know how you guys are talking about Athanasius? I saw a writing of Athanasius saying yeah, um, to confess your sins to a priest. Like, come on, I, I believe these are just all made up by 
have the Catholic Church, just from Satan trying to, you know what are I you, mean? Are you trolling right now? No, I'm being serious, man. I think if it's, That's it's exactly Satan what Chris thinks. Like, Wait, what do you? <laughs> what? What? What, what? What do you mean? Oh, I just focus on the Catholic Church lying. Yeah, I, I mean, the, this no, is red meat the Church bread. Fathers no, no. aren't made up. The Church Fathers are just men, and they say lots of good stuff, and they say lots of completely nutso stuff. So, like, you know, the Church Fathers, I mean, like, Jerome, like I was talking about earlier, thought that, like, you know, virginhood was better, and, you know, he convinced a woman to ditch her white, her husband and children and leave them penniless, she then took all of her money, gave it to the church, namely to Jerome, um, and then lived as a as an ascetic, um, who then died of malnutrition. Um, like that's wacky. Like that is not biblical. And that was a main church father, but they did exist. So, like they're a mix. Like I always say this: the mix of the the, the church fathers are a mix of brilliance on one page and then rank heresy on the next page. So they're a mixed bag. So we can take some theology, but a lot of these guys didn't even have a complete canon. They didn't even have like the book of Revelation or the book of Jude or the book of Hebrews. Like they didn't even have access to that stuff. And so we're taking whatever they say as more true than the scripture is just stupid. Well, Miguel, I, I agree with Chris. I hope you take what he said more sincerely. Like, and you can tell where some of the things that they say, like, there's no way that uh, the Catholics just put words in their mouth. Like, no. Like, for me, like Tertullian, for example, he recommended people to get baptized, um, not as infants, but to get baptized when near their death. Because he says that uh, since baptiz baptism brings forgiveness of sin, all those sins that you have committed in this world will be forgiven when you get baptized near your death. <laughs> I mean, He's I don't think that. For that oh, oh, I don't know if you yeah, can call man. him he, heretic, but I would just rather say that he, that's terrible garbage theology. And we can clearly put that in the toilet where it belongs. Uh, but still, I mean, I, 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 it's hard for me to believe that the Catholic Church decided to put those words and attribute it to Tertullian. I really doubt it. He was a lawyer. But how do you know he was even a real person, man? How do you know he was a real person, Tertullian? Well, I mean, for sure, he wrote books to refute against the people who are considered heretics of his time. Let's just say, that, fine, for the sake of the argument, how do we know if that person uh, called himself Tertullian and wrote their writings? You're, you're right, we don't, we don't know, but most likely we know for sure the person who called himself Tertullian wrote these writings. And uh, we know for sure he has a life. He, he was a lawyer. He became a Christian. Uh, and he... Yeah, he had letters he, back and forth. There's all kinds of evidence. We use evidence to know if somebody was a real person or not. And he probably joined the Montanist cult group. Uh, and for me to say that that's all made up, you know, I mean, the Catholic Church, if, that, if what you say is true, they must be genius writers. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> to, it, 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 to write such stories, I think they're real. That's why, you know, that's why it's there. I mean, I mean it, you if you I want mean, to do like, that, then why, why should, you can't apply the same logic to the Gospels. How do we know I mean, if Peter wrote Peter, right? First Peter, second Peter. How do we know if 
uh, maybe all these people are made up, like, or the whole Bible is made up altogether. Like, let let's not go down that road, man. No, but like you know, you guys talk about Athanasius, right? Athanasius, he he, I don't believe he was saved at all. He believed in confessing sins to a priest. He believed in baptism for. Um, receive you know, uh, you know what I mean. I don't believe that guy wasn't even but, the real. If he was, Mi he wasn't saved. Athanasius. Miguel, Miguel. Here's the yeah. thing. It's like, well, actually, I'm kind of interested in your PTR. Let's go to that. So Baptists are not Protestants. How are Baptists not Protestants? Can you help me? <laughs> we, we were, we, yeah, we weren't a part of the Protestant Reformation. Um, yeah. Right, because you didn't exist. There was no such thing as no, Baptists. We existed, we existed before, man. We're the first church. He's taking, he's taking the Waldensian route. They came straight from the Waldensians. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> the Waldensians didn't, you know, have Peter Wall thing, or the Hussites didn't have Jan Hus. Because or or, or there was or there wasn't a giant controversy within the Reform tradition about the Anabaptists as well that would be called Baptists. So I mean, <laughs> I mean the the first Anabaptists were all Unitarians that were terrorists that went around murdering people. So I mean I don't know. Well, there there were different groups, but uh, now I've I've issues with Protestants too. Not that as much, but I have their own issues. Like Protestants baptize babies from the, from the Bible. That's not biblical. Babies cannot be baptized. Like that's just I have some issues, but I do I do believe Protestants are saved. I just have some issues with them. But yeah. All right. So so the issue is that Baptists, like all other Protestants, are Protestants. Like, I can tell you the entire history of the Baptist church. Like, in America, like, I was a Baptist for, like, 20 years, man. Like, Baptists are definitely Protestants. They're part of the Protestant Reformation. The trail of blood is completely made up, right? So this idea that Baptists aren't Protestants come from a single writing called the trail of blood, which is sitting on my wife's nightstand, actually, because we got it from a, a dear lady who just passed. Um, it was... Uh, one of her books. Um, and uh, yeah, it's completely made. In fact, <laughs> the trail of blood puts down like Unitarian Anabaptists as the forerunners of Baptists, which is not true. They're like slandering themselves, which is hilarious to me because they don't know anything about church history. Hey, I got to jump in here for a second. I'm, I'm super confused. Because with what, hey, everybody, good morning, by the way. Um, with what Miguel just said, being, you know, Baptists being the, the first uh, groups of uh, Christians, that, that has me super confused. Because I studied with Jehovah's Witnesses for a couple of years, and they said they were descendants of first century Christians. So I just, I need some clarification here, guys. Yeah, yeah so, no, we can look so at history, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead, yeah, you know, saying like I wouldn't mind going into some history. I'm not that knowledgeable, but I wouldn't mind. I've done like a little bit of research, maybe probably not as knowledgeable as Chris, but I wouldn't mind. But I'd be biblically too, I'd say because we're we're biblically we're very very biblical compared to all other denominations. So I'd say, I know it's subjective, but I go off that as well. We go very strong by the scriptures, and yeah, that's where that's where I go off as well. Wait, what denomination is that? Uh, I, you know, I'm a, I'm an NIFB Baptist. You know, you know Stephen Anderson, Pastor Anderson. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. Oh, we know yeah. Stephen Anderson, all right. I, I, yeah. Are you sure yeah. you want to associate yourself with Stephen Anderson? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. 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 Someone, yeah. someone yeah. catch me up. Who, so, someone yeah, catch man. me up. Who is Stephen Anderson? Out of the church. He's a just give he's me the a the best pastor in America. Okay, <laughs> Stephen now, Anderson is the guy who. Yeah. He's a Stephen Muslim Anderson is the guy who. 
Yeah, Stephen Hawking says... stood outside of a church and covered himself in sackcloth and ashes. Um, and has like he, he's the Nate, he's the guy who said who's who stood at his pulpit and said that if he had the staples button, you know, there's like that was easy. And he said that if he pressed it, if he if he thought that every time he pressed it, he would kill a homosexual, uh, he would break yeah, it, he would push it until yeah, his man. finger broke. That yeah, piece amen. of that piece amen, of human man. garbage, that guy. amen, bro. So, Leviticus so Jane, what's up? You know, this dude is a uh, Muslim or what? Oh no! I'm just saying. Said, I I call I call Pastor Stephen Anderson a Wahhabi must like Wahhabi Christian is what I call him. What am I probably? Stephen Anderson rejected the Trinity. Is is it true that Stephen Anderson <laughs> no. rejects the Trinity? No, no, we didn't, bro. No, we didn't. Bro. No, one of the most troubling <laughs> qu- things that Stephen Anderson says is that uh, that the King James is the Word of God. That when because he's a sheep of the Lord, you know, and I remember the King him James. Fun. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's oh man, yeah, it's so, terrible. So, yeah, He's horrible. so yeah, so for him, hearing the voice and being drawn is the King James. <laughs> oh boy! So, yeah, man. Miguel, I love exactly. you, dude. I think you're a great dude. I think you're you're learning some great stuff. I would tell you to stay far away from Stephen Anderson and get into a biblical church, man. Like that yeah, guy like this uh, like this female prophetess I heard of. Like, uh, oh, he, was, oh, actually, study trusts like Catherine too. Crick. Was that who she, he should follow? <laughs> We're kidding. Catherine don't do that. Crick. Don't do that. No, nah, man. I, I got my own issues with Paul. Like, I, I don't know what you are, Chris, but Protestant, you gotta, you guys got to stop baptizing babies, bro. That's my big issue. Like, it's Absolutely not. Anything. Absolutely not. That's disgusting. It's, I would never stop doing that. You're crazy. I would never start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me bridge this gap. Imagine, okay. imagine oh, willingly man. keeping children out of the covenant just because you're selfish. <laughs> imagine imagine borderline teaching doctrinal regeneration. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the here's the thing is that um, I am a reformed Baptist. That's the closest thing I've got, right? LCD. Oxymoron. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, like we as reformed Baptists. We can be generous to our brothers and sisters that are Presbyterians that still dunk children. It's fine. Like, um, you know, there's there doesn't need to be a rift there. MacArthur and Sproul were lifelong friends. Um, and so, you know, there, there doesn't need to be a rift there. And so this is a secondary issue. I know all the issues surrounding it. Yeah, I've yeah. debated the issue with my brothers and sisters. Um, and we always remain friends and we always know that we can give each other charity on the point. And so when we talk about things being an abomination, let's reserve that for like women pastors and for <laughs> I just like to point out that Chris and I are in agreement on something this morning. That Steven Anderson is, is garbage. I just like to point that out. Oh, I thought you no, were going to no. agree with me that women pastors are an abomination because that would have been based. Pastor. Well, I, I, oh, I, I oh. think I, I think the idea of, of being a uh, of being a pastor is an abomination. I mean, go get a real job. Do you think, Chris, that actually the pastor rixes are onto something? So, if you can't hold the title title pastor, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Pastor X. See, they don't hold the title of pastor. Are they actually doing the doing the Lord a, a good good thing? Nah, they're they're still they're, they're still, still in the working system. office of a pastor. That's the problem. It's not the title I, that I they have in the office. I, I was just trying to stretch that as far as I could to see what happened. 
I tell you what, the only let's just reserve it that the only woman pastor who's allowed is Catherine Crick, and let's see how that turns out. And no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with another really good pastor woman pastor. And... I'm fam- there's a really good woman pastor that goes on this app by the name of Steph Jacobson. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, Chris, what about, what about Cat Kirk? Come on. <laughs> Dude, it's a toss-up, man. Catherine Crick is coming hard for Cat Kerr. She is. You didn't. You weren't here this morning when we read the we read the little missive that uh, like three times. Crick put out. It was it was epic, man. It was like a prophetic warning. It was like well, you, you I watched that. I watched that video so that good. you told me about, and yeah, I mean she's pretty. But for me, for me, it's the the thing that always has you know that will always have a special place in my heart for Cat Kerr is when she said she attended. Uh, the concert in heaven with Michael Jackson and Whitney Whitney Houston. Good lord! That, that will always hold a special place in my heart. Right, and she was sitting on the shoulder of a Bigfoot watching the show. Michael, of all the convincing <laughs> arguments, or all the arguments we think are convincing, would the most compelling thing be if we were right on this? This would cause you to convert, Michael. If you don't repent and change your ways and become a follower of our Lord and Savior. You're going to spend eternity with Cat Kirk. Is that not compelling? Put my robes in the mail. Oh, uh, Michael, he's got you. He's got you. Put my robes in yo, the mail. This may be, this may be the, yo, everybody, new apologetic method drop. Just drop the name Cat Kerr in your set. <laughs> like, do you like Cat Kerr? No. Do you want to be an attorney with Cat Kerr? No. Then repent. Like, like, right like dude, you, you, don't need, you don't need precept anymore. You don't need evidentialism. The minimal facts argument can get thrown away. Just bring up eternal damnation with Cat Kerr and you win. Michael, you got your robes. They're getting dusty, but I still got them. No, no, no. Put them in the mail. I'll send you my address. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. He's ready. He's like, all right, you convinced me. No, Cat. <laughs> this, this, this is what God means when he says that He's able to lift up Pharaoh for his own for his own purposes. Cat Kerr has been the person that has been raised up for God's own purpose. That's like the oh crap! I was gonna say the ultimate something. Dude, are we about to make Cat Kerr the greatest soul winner since like <laughs> the prophet Jonah? The greatest soul saving tool. What do you wait? What do you mean make her? She already is. Oh boy. Do you guys actually like? I can't wait, Chris. Like, I'm I'm still busy, but I just love theology. I just love love these things. That's why I'm here. But pray, can you guys please pray that uh, um, I do my work done and everything else. I can't wait to discuss with you more about the the complementarian and egalitarian debate. I just can't wait. I'm excited. All I want to say is that if we're putting in prayer requests yet again, as of every day since the day that it happened. I'm requesting prayers for the downfall of the state of Alabama. Um, I'm tired <laughs> of Alabama. We deserve the college football playoff spot. We went 13-0, and Nick Saban got in because he paid his way through. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm praying on the downfall of Alabama. Uh, Sean, I understand. I understand the, uh, the little, you know, uh, internal di- discrepancies that may be there. Your wife doesn't have to know because the Bible says pray in secret, so she'll never have to know, Mr. Michigan fan. You're good. Uh, but, yeah, uh, everybody, please put in prayers the downfall of Alabama. <laughs> I just love you, Bobby. Oh, man. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, almost, I almost started praying for the downfall of Alabama when they were going to elect Roy Moore. But uh, luckily that didn't happen either.
I pray for a downfall of America, man. You guys are weird. No, no That's what I mean. You're a Wahhabi. But, uh, but uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, are you actually, like, joking? I don't joking? think Pastor like, you, you Steve Anderson laughing. would approve. <laughs> Every time I see a Baptist church with an LGBT flag, I smile. Because it means that God's bro. casting judgment upon the Baptists. Bro, you know what we say about LGBT? Bro, you know what my past Stephen Anderson says about LGBT? Oh, no, we're, don't worry. You don't need to repeat it. We're very familiar. We're very familiar with oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, press the yeah, button bro. thing. Are you, like, yeah. not American and you follow? How is he your pastor if you're not American? No, 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 no. Right. no, no <laughs> right. I, no, I, I, I obviously we, we have um the same um denomination in Australia. So you're the a same, spiritual like, daddy, would you here. say? No, of course not. But we have the same beliefs here. Just asking. Yeah, I think the hate, the, the hate that Stephen Anderson puts out transcends borders. No, bro, what, people just because he preaches Bible, bro. That's why people don't like. No, he it. does not. Yo, <laughs> look, at the, does, look at the Bible, like, like. The, the, look at the way he talks. He he's talks a Baptist. Like a that, well, hold on, he, he's a Baptist. He, he talks like a one, sick but he person. Bible. <laughs> he talks like a sick person that really needs therapy. I mean, guys like him is the reason why Michael left. Okay, because you know, oh no, he, no 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 five 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 Michael. Yeah. But, no, well, not was, quite. But it is interesting, right? Because I mean, you look at somebody like you know. Uh, okay, so uh, you know, like when Jesus said, you know, um, love your love the Lord your uh, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. If that's the kind of love Stephen Anderson's putting out, what would he do to someone he doesn't love? But, but, but Michael, the thing is, right, we, we, we live by every, like Matthew 4, 4, you live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, right? Like, this is the thing, we can show that there is a biblical hate. I can show you in the Bible that if you love someone who hates God, you, you have God's wrath upon you. I can show you that. If you love someone who hates God, God will have wrath upon you. That's biblical. Right, and then he also says if you unjustly murder people, you'll have wrath upon you. And contemplate yeah, unjustly, it also counts bro. as murder, right? So, because remember, yeah, the, he says even if you have the thought, it counts as if you've done it. So if we're going to go along that route, you have a serial murderer as your pastor. No, bro, it's, it's not unjust <laughs> at all. It's not unjust. No, no, well, what if they were going to repent? Funny, like, right? what, what about the such were some of you? But, you know, you heard the good no, news and repented. So you're yeah. trying to kill people who would have maybe repented at some point. No, no because they're reprobates. But reprobates are rejected by How God. do you know I that they're permanently you. reprobate? Dude, everybody is a reprobate, run. according to him. Romans like, any, any woman who doesn't wear a skirt is a freaking reprobate. Any, well, any, I mean, anybody you know, anybody sure, that isn't like but... an Amish Texan is all of a sudden a reprobate to him. Exactly. I saw a documentary on this guy. I mean, this guy hates his own wife, man. Like, he's out, like, jogging in the morning, <laughs> taking care of himself. His what? wife is, like, obese, taking care of their, like, 14, 15 kids or whatever. Uh, and, like, she can't even leave the house. She can't even, like, exercise. She can't even take care of her own body, man. Like, can well, you imagine? No. She's, like, in jail. Maybe we're too hasty. Maybe we should give this guy a chance. Just kidding, just kidding. Don't hit <laughs> your wife. Just kidding. Just no, kidding. I think it's, inter I think you, it's interesting, though, right? Because, you know, like, Nate, to, to what you said, right? Um, you know, like, you never know when salvation might come for somebody. But uh, I think it's also, I think it might be really tricky, right? Because so the Bible says that God is the reader of hearts. And yet... Miguel is here um, kind of kind of stating that these people are retrobate, reprobate. And that, that might be a very tricky thing to say, especially when you're not omniscient and, and can't possibly know the heart of somebody else. It might be a very tricky yeah. stance for you to take. Yeah, that's what he's a troll. Yeah. Like, look, he keeps giggling when he's talking. Like, did you guys notice that? Like, come on. 
anyone with a brain, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> See, we'll I'm just going to call him a Muslim. We'll, He'll be Muslim. We'll, Let's we'll, just say he's Muslim. We'll take Steve yep. Anderson as a joke that he is. Like, no, but it's just the, this the thing, right, bro? Jesus said to, to judge righteous judgment, right? If you read Romans 1, you, we have watching. the characteristics of... We have the characteristics of reprobates, and we, we we can judge righteous judgment. I can judge if someone is um is saved based on what they believe. Like if someone believes in the work salvation, you're going to hell. I I can I can judge righteous judgment. Yeah, yeah but so, we, um, how do we know if that person is gonna keep believing the in a work based salvation and keep believing of the the beliefs of a reprobate? How do you know that? That's what no, you're saying. No, you're not omniscient. Yeah. Yeah, the workplace, they can repent of that, but if you're a reprobate, it means you're rejected by God. I can show you. Yes, you're, you're rejected by God. No, but what I'm saying is, how do you know if that person no longer be, believe in those things anymore? Actually, actually repent. How do you know if they're going to keep believing in the beliefs of a reprobate? You, you know what? I, I'll put myself as an example. I was an atheist less than three years ago. So what happens to me when I'm in my atheist phase? He pushes that button and I don't come to Christ like I have now. Atheists are not reprobates. That doesn't just mean you're what? reprobate. Like I can go to Romans one and show you. Like reprobates, um, this, we have characteristics of them. Hang on, I take Hold that very it. personally. I'm a reprobate. Come on, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I take that very personally. Please, Michael claims that title very near and dear to his heart. <laughs> exactly. Let's, so all reprobates are atheists, but not all atheists are reprobates. No, no, I, I never. Yeah, no, Atheism doesn't mean you're a reprobate. Yeah. You remember how we said that church fathers have gems on one page and rank heresy on the other page? I think you read the rank heresy page and you're reading that openly right now. Man, they, they were so, such heretics. Man, I think Athanasius was not saved. Like you guys are talking about. That's it. an I insane statement. And I, I caution you. I caution you to stop using that statement. I caution you. But, 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 I, but I, I'll tell you this, like God's friend will be a party. Here's the, here's the thing, <laughs> you guys. Here's the thing. Look, you're laughing, like like, like, Pastor, like Pastor Nate says, God <laughs> will forgive crappy doctrine, and so I fully agree with Nate on that. There's there's like a dude in one of the chats right now who has a doctrine of Pelagianism, doesn't realize he has a doctrine of Pelagianism. He's like, show me where I'm a heretic and I'm not saved, and I'm like, bro, like. I'm not going to tell you you're not saved. I'm going to say you got crappy doctrine. God forgives crappy doctrine. But if you think that you can just, like, you know, believe in Pelagianism and it's not heresy, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, just fix your doctrine. Like, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to say you're not saved. And so Athanasius or Jerome or any of these guys, they were men of God, but maybe they had some crappy doctrines here and there. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're not saved. Right? It just means that they had some crappy doctrines. But Chris, would you say that, that Catholics and Eastern Orthodox are saved? <laughs> nope. But, 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 <laughs> no, but, thing, but, but again, but, but but again we're, talking, we're talking in the 300s, man. And so, yeah, like, this... they, they aren't Roman Catholic. The idea that Athanasius is some type of Roman Catholic or some type of Eastern Orthodox is their propaganda. We would take Athanasius as a church father as Protestants. Um, and Baptists are included in that. Um, but, like, you know, the the idea that, like, these men of God were not somehow Christian, like, John Chrysostom, for instance, um, was a raging anti-Semite, right? Like, he would be full-on with Hamas right now, okay? Do I believe that John Chrysostom was saved? Yeah. 
do I believe he had a lot of really crappy beliefs that were, you know, passed down to him through generations? Yeah. Um, you know, do I think that he is highly embarrassed by those beliefs now that he is in glory? Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that all of us, all of us will be highly embarrassed about the things that we believe that do not match exactly with what God wrote down in the scripture that we just didn't catch. Myself included. That's why you got to catch a little more. Can can I ask (laughs) ask this question? Right? No, I'm just saying, every one of us is going to be guilty of crappy doctrine, okay? Because every one of except Bubby, except Bubby, of course. But, (laughs) you know... True. Yeah, ask the question. You know, every one of us will be will be guilty of bad doctrine. But, but now, Chris, if uh, I knew what my bad okay. doctrine was, I would repent of it and change it. But I think that I'm right on all of my doctrines, as does everyone else. So that that's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, ask your question. Uh, can I ask a question? There are two questions there, because there's a Bible verse that correct doctrine saves, right? But uh, inc- but could we also suggest that incorrect doctrine do not save you at all no that's that's, no, that, no. that's that's that fallacy of that that's the fallacy of the inverse so here, here's the problem when it comes to bad doctrine, no, i'm just asking yeah, a question. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just asking when it comes to bad doctrine okay. right when it comes to bad doctrine it's not necessarily if, if you get one little thing wrong like for example let's say you held everything biblically correct except you got super versus infralapsarianism wrong right God's not gonna. God's not gonna cast you to the lake of fire for getting superlapsarianism versus infralapsarianism wrong, right? But there are higher order, first order issues that directly deal with matters of the gospel and how that changes, right? So as long as the core tenet of that gospel is still there, then as long as the core tenet of the God that you worship is still there, and that's correct those secondary and tertiary issues aren't going to be something that throws you the lake of fire or damns you. You can still be incorrect on those, right? But at the same time, it's not like being incorrect on one little thing is going to send you the lake of fire or else all of us would be teaching doctrinal regeneration, which is not what the Bible teaches. So well, I'm going to make like somebody reads, reads Proverbs 8 and Proverbs 9 and feels that Lady Wisdom is a goddess, right? <laughs> And because and instead of looking at it as a as a personification of God, they they took that literally, or let's just say, uh, they go to KJV because you know they're raised that way, and then suddenly they look at the word, oh God, John three sixteen of KJV, God uh, gave His one and only begotten Son. So because of that, he they thought, oh Jesus is created. Do you think that uh, that person would end up in hell? Yeah, if they're saying Jesus is created, absolutely. But they don't know any better. They they were just they just read the Bible. Well, there, well, there's the, well, there's a difference. Well, there's a difference in between ignorance and willful disobedience, right? And well, yeah. they, they just read the Bible. If they read the Bible, they should know that Jesus was not created. No, but I'm just saying KJV, right? So in the KJV, KJV begotten. That's what it says, right? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like. Again, I'm not going to judge anybody's heart. What I'm going to say is that if they repent and believe and believe that Jesus is who he said he is, um, then the Holy Spirit will also, and then they immediately die without understanding, say, the Trinity or something like that. They're, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be damned because they didn't understand or, or even have an inkling of the doctrine of the Trinity because they croaked <laughs> right before they were going to learn it. What we would say is that, you know, 
the the main thing is that the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth. And whether that means being in the right church body, whether that means learning how to read the scripture correctly, um, just because we haven't been guided into all of the truths of the scripture, um, you know, it doesn't mean that we're, we're going to be in the lake of fire. And so, you know, if somebody repents and believes and is like, yes, Jesus, I trust you for my, you know, for my salvation. I fully believe that you are giving me your perfect life to stand in for my sinfulness and you're taking my sins in your body. Um, and they don't understand, like, you know, again, like the Trinity or the, they've never heard it. They didn't read Luke 1 about the virgin birth or like whatever. These are essentials of the historic Christian faith, but they don't necessarily have to be educated on these things to be saved. They, and if they croak right afterward, like, did, did the thief on the cross know anything about the virgin birth? I guarantee not. Right. Did he exactly. Know anything about the exactly. But why did you exactly. say that? Didn't you just say Catholics are damned, though? And why is that? Because they believe in a different gospel. So they believe they believe in something yeah. called sacerdotalism, which means that you are given not alien imputed righteousness, but you are given an infusion of righteousness. Sorry. Um, you are given an infusion of righteousness in the Catholic system that you have to replenish through performing the sacraments. And so we don't say that Catholicism is a works-based salvation, but you also cannot be saved without good works in the Catholic system. And so you're not trusting Christ for your salvation, you're trusting the church. But Chris, hey, Nate, this is the issue, Nate, Chris. What happened to, uh, Nate, what happened to Chris? This is like the second day in a row he's given the gospel. I think something's wrong with him. Wait, 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 Chris, can I ask you a question? Wait, Chris, oh, he he's, he's, already got got a, like a, he's already got all of his fervor and wait, hait wait, wait, out of his system before, earlier this before morning. I say, oh, can, okay. I, can I actually ask? I had two questions, but one, the, the other was interrupted by Bobby. So can I ask another one? Because I, I want to know how the, you guys interpret this Bible verse. Can I ask? Hello? Yes. Okay, so second, this is something that's confusing me. Second Thessalonians, second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. In the NIV translation, it says, He will punish those who do not go, know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So, how do you guys understand this? Who's up? Can, can, can you read? Yeah, I, I'm driving, so I can't have it in front of me. Could you read it in ESV? I, and I, I can't stand it because well, I always man, do, do KJV, bro. I, 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 I read the NIV on purpose because ESV is different, but if it feels the like NIV is saying uh, those who do not know God. Yes, okay, if you want ESV. Read um, it in Greek. <laughs> I can't. Read it in Pigeon. <laughs> Try. <laughs> cool. Try your best. Go on. Go read, on. read it. The you might as well just read it in Korean and get it over with, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love you guys so much. You guys are the best. <laughs> okay, so uh, in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. And, uh, oh wait, wait. Oh wow. Okay, in who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord. It seems like it's the same thing here for ESV. I don't. What's the question? I don't understand the question. So I'm saying, how do you guys understand uh, the um, the passage where he says? Uh, inflaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. 
So how do you guys understand this part? So people who do not know God, people who do not know the core doctrines of the of the Christian faith, will they go to hell? Because it By seems way, like I, in this I, passage, I, I just got it, here. What, what text are you quoting? Oh, the the text that I'm quoting is uh, Second Thessalonians chapter one verse eight. Okay. It 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 feels like. Those who do not know the gospel, the correct doctrines, uh, may may end up in hell. Yeah, well, people yeah, who don't knowing, believe the gospel. Yeah, not knowing, right? Not knowing the gospel. I mean, like, look again. As a Calvinist, you know, my full belief is that everyone who is elect will have the gospel presented to them, um, and they will respond um, in the way that they're going to respond. And so, you know. Whether and it doesn't matter at what point, but at some point those people will respond. So, like the people who do not respond are simply the, the, the people who are making a choice to, you know, reject God. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure the thrust of the question. Like, if you reject God, that's not good. Maybe that's a good. That's the message paraphrase of this verse. If you reject God, bad things will happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that verse is talking about oh when when Christ will come back. Uh, if you read from verse seven, uh, when he actually comes back to judge um uh everyone. Yeah. Chris, can yeah. I ask you a question? I mean, so like, even, even free gracers after, after like this. Papa down there, you know, they uh they're they're cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trolling. Hey, Chris, I'm just can I ask you a quick question, man? <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Yeah. Even yeah, us, this is the most thing. consistent, yes, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me just make something clear going forward. If your question is, can I ask one? Assume the answer is yes. This is called ask a Christian for a reason. Oh, true, true, Bobby. That's true. This is my show the church fathers, Chris. Like, even, let's say Athanasius was a real person, bro. Like, the, the same issues I have with Athanasius, I have with the Catholic Church. I can show he believed in some, I saw some, he believed in some works-based salvation. He believed in the perpetual virginity of Mary. He believed in confessing sins to, to a priest. Like, Wait, I the believe perpetual virginity is not exclusive to Catholics. There's a lot of consistent reform people that that's the main position that they'll hold and defend yeah. as well. So that's not exclusively but Catholic, but that's in the Protestant but, tradition as well. But, but what about right, works salvation and, I think it's, and I think confessing it's equally sins? Indefensible. I think it's indefensible in both. But, you know, the the... Look, the idea that, you know, you can quote mine Athanasius where he says some crazy stuff in writings, um, you have to examine what is the context, who is he writing to, just like when we read the scriptures, like, we have to do actual proper hermeneutics on these things, and so when we say something along the lines of Athanasius believed in a works-based salvation, I could show you other quotes where he fully rejects a works-based salvation. If we talk, you know, like, like, I mean, there's, there's oh my gosh, the idea that Athanasius is some kind of like crypto Roman Catholic that, you know, dogmatically believes in everything that the Council of Trent says. I just don't buy it. I think that's crap. I think that's Catholic. I think that's Catholic um, propaganda. Guys, I, hang that's on. Hang on. I, I, wait, wait, hang on. I've been looking for this the entire time this discussion was brought up. Someone give me the Bible verse again. It was Thessalonians. What? Oh, 2 Thessalonians 1, chapter 1, verse 8. 
First Thessalonians chapter Second Thessalonians. one. Second Thessalonians. I'll type okay. it. I got it. Okay. Second Thessalonians chapter one verse eight. I have been looking for the Hawaiian pigeon ever since this began. It is incredibly hard to find, but Bible Gateway has it. <clears throat> Number two for the Thessalonia. People one eight. <laughs> Going to get big fire at that time. God gonna punish the people that don't know him. And uh, like listen to the good stuff about Abbas Jesus. There you go. What translation is that? Hawaiian pigeon. It's also the Jar Jar Binks translation. So <laughs> who wants to read the full chapter? <laughs> I like them. If we don't have a, a Hawaiian actually reading it, I'm sure there's enough uh, DNA from something yeah, about Hawaii and someone in this room. Sensitivity. Fine, that's I'll read it as like. All right, I'm going to read this as like Joseph Smith, blonde hair, blue eyed. Uh, <laughs> this on a letter from Paul and Silas and Timothy, we writing um for you guys that come together. Faux church Thessalonica side, you guys stay real tight with God a Fada on Jesus da Bas de Sephoso guy God will send. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Man, get a get a KJV, bro. What are you guys reading, man? Get a King James Bible. <laughs> no, no, By the way, guys, guys, guys sorry, I, I had to go to washroom. What did you guys? Say in regards to that verse, if you guys can quickly summarize, I'm so sorry. Just really quick, Miguel. I know you like to. I I know you like to fight the Israelites a lot. I'm just saying, if you want to stick to your KJV only stuff, have fun getting beat up by them. Yeah, down by the gateway, stuck in Hawaiian pigeon. Great. You're just so Nate. The rest of your life, your the only Bible you get access to is the Hawaiian pigeon Bible. Oh Lord! <laughs> like pirates, if the pirates care of Caribbean made a Bible, <laughs> I'm telling you, you sound Did just, you just like say Caribbean, Binks, dude. Hmm? Yeah, pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it's Caribbean. Yeah, not the, Caribbean. Did you know that there's no rib in Caribbean? Whatever. There's no what? There's no rib in Caribbean. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, the whole thing. Oh, well, this was fun. Also, shout out to anybody who drives a pickup truck, because I'm trying to drive one right now, and it's the most horrible experience of my life. (laughs) Are you serious? I got into a a car accident, and so I got into a car accident, and I had to go get a rental car from Enterprise, right? So when I went to go get my rental car, the only things they had available were, like, these giant Ram trucks, right? And I was just like, great, I have to drive a Ram now. So I went inside the Ram. And I'm t- when I tell you this was the worst driving experience of my life, it is the worst driving experience of my life. This car is too big to fit in any damn parking spaces. And it's terrible because half of your back trunk is either hanging out or half of your front end is, ho- is hanging out. Then after that, if you try to make a turn, people don't understand that your car is like 90% the, uh, 90% of the width of the lane that you're allowed to be in. So any like little slight twitch left or right, you're already in someone else's lane. And the mirrors are absolutely terrible. They don't have any sensors or anything. This is disgusting. I hate pickup trucks. But you already have a help hey, cowboy hey, hat in your CTR to go with it. I know. Hey, Bubby, can you give me a hand moving some stuff today? <laughs> yeah, no. can you move this bridge? <laughs>
You know what you can do? You can move this car back to the rental place and get me a sedan instead. Can you move all these pigeon Bibles I got? I'd burn them instead. <laughs> Nate, Nate has, has 10,000 copies of the pigeon Bible that he needs to hold on. Honestly, I wouldn't even I doubt that that ESV. statement's true. I wanted to order ESV, no. <laughs> What's up, Sticks? God bless you guys. How you doing? Good morning. All right. Imagine there was like, there was like a reformed church that wanted to, that, that just started up and is buying Bibles for the entire <laughs> congregation, right? And they go to place their order for about, I don't know, at least like 300 Bibles there, right? And then they no place refunds. their order, they open the box, and it's just Nate sending them the Hawaiian Bible the whole time. No, no refunds, the no pigeon exchanges. Bible, the Hawaiian pigeon. Remember, the pigeon is important, Bobby. <laughs> Uh, Sticks, did you have any questions or anything, or are you just uh, participating oh. in this nonsense with us? I will say I would like to say a little bit of both, but I want I want to ask a question for uh, the to play devil's advocate if you don't mind. Sure. All right. All right. Here we go. About Ready? the pigeon Bible? No. <laughs> Not about the pigeon Bible. I think I think you're near me and Bubby. Do you need help moving something today? Because Bubby's got a pickup truck right now. I here. hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready, ready. Okay. Something we so, talk about a pickup man. <laughs> so here's a question. Time. Um, with and 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 Chris, are you you were in that chat room with uh Pastor Sam? So you'll you'll get a kick out of this question. But so here here's the question. Ready? Um, without saying, um, we find it in scripture, can you defend the reformed or Calvinist view from the, um, can you, can you explain why it's not a heresy from history? There is no defense of that. Well for, well, for me, I think Bobby, Bobby, Bobby and Chris can do a good job too. But I mean, if we just—I mean, I think it's kind of a wild question to say, like, "Hey, defend your theological position without using any scripture." Like, I'm just like, like no, 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 my, no, no, no. What I'm, what, what I'm saying is, without saying just the cat, the, 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 like the blanket statement of we find it in scripture. You can use scripture, but I'm just saying, like, you know, how people would say, "Well, you know, it's scriptural." Well, no, let's let's lay it out as to why you think it's scriptural. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get, I, I get, I get what you're 30 saying. Thirty seconds. Yeah, I can, I can do this in thirty seconds, and then I'll let June and Bubby go. But look, the whole thing is Ezekiel thirty six twenty four. I will take out your heart of stone and give and give you a heart of flesh. And so, in John chapter three, Jesus is referencing this direct verse to Nicodemus. And when John, when Jesus is talking about being born again, this is what he is talking about. We call this regeneration or the born-again experience. The born-again experience allows the human to be able to exercise faith. That is the entire long and short of Reformed theology. That is the heart of Reformed theology. Everything else is a byproduct of the, the, the redeemed heart. That's it. That's In 30 seconds, that's it. That was about 40, yep. so everything you said is stricken from the record. No, but I think it's, I think it's pretty accurate how he put it. Most of it just be regeneration, preceding faith for the most part. Uh, and I mean, when I read that Ezekiel thirty six verse, it doesn't say 
I will take out your heart of uh, I will take out your heart of stone and give you the choice of maybe whether you whether or not like you can accept it or you can if whether you want this heart of flesh or not. No, it says I will take it out and I will give you. There's no choice in there. There's no oh you, well I, I I don't want that heart of flesh right now. Maybe I'll take it a little bit later. No, there's no negotiation there. He says that he's taking it out and he's putting it in. It's pretty it's pretty simple. But, in but to be devil's yeah. devil's advocate, you could say well yeah he will do all this you know when someone makes the choice, then of course he will do it. Okay, just saying. I, I, I mean, Sticks, if you want a, a historical